So in this episode, we had some new friends from DBS Films stop by and some old friends. And there was really no direction, just us talking and having fun. And somewhere along the way, I got maybe a little bit too inebriated. So I might have fell asleep on the floor for a little while while listening to them talk. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the episode. I'll probably enjoy the episode because I don't remember most of it. Thank you for listening to Fixies Playground. Yeah, well, Fixies if you didn't want to. No, no. Fuck you. We're doing it. We're doing it live. <laughs> so anyway, here. I, will, I will find that movie and I will tell everybody about it. I can't find it right now because I've got way too many DVDs. Uh, what's what's today? Today is the 10th? Okay. June 10th. June 10th, 2023. June 10th, 1984. <laughs> With oh, us tonight shit. is Grindhouse Zombie, T-Boo, Nightclub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got uh, I don't know if you want me to use your name on here or your other name. I don't, I don't know. We have a guest from DBS Studios <laughs> who joined the nightclub Discord. Just tell me what name you want me to use. Uh I don't know. You can do Steph Gwen. Steph Gwen. There we go. Steph Gwen. And tonight we are just talking about whatever. No real plans. Um, no. Oh shit! I need to send Simon an invite I th- too. I think that's incorrect. I think we're actually, as we tend to do on Fixie's Playground here, we're fixing a lot of society's problems. <laughs> fixing it. So, sometimes we do. We figure it out, and then I, I send the email to the president, and he doesn't read the email. <laughs> oh, listen! I have ideas that are unpopular, but I think they could work. <laughs> well, but I know on here that we've always talked, and, and I know we talked about this before. We talked. We talk about things like racism and. Mm-hmm. The, all the icks and the ists of the world right and a, a lot of the icks and the ists of the world i think come from two things i think they come from fear and they come from a lack of understanding mm, um sure. and like am i ever going to understand being a transgender man probably not probably not probably not going to ever understand it am i going to understand being someone who's from a mexican culture mm-hmm. probably am i ever going to thoroughly understand like is it going to be part of me probably right. not Okay, but I don't live in fear and I crave understanding. And I think if if people just did more of that, like, I think the world would be a hell of a lot simpler. Place. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest, though, we go out in the world. There's assholes everywhere. You know what? But somebody should just be an asshole. They shouldn't be a black asshole, a white asshole, a Hispanic asshole, a transgender asshole. They should just be an asshole. And most of us should probably not tolerate or like assholes all that much, you know, just, okay. but having to, having to put that little, that little, uh, title on it, title mm-hmm. on it. Exactly. Is That's I think weird. what gets everybody in trouble. You know, I've, I was telling my wife today, we were driving around during the mushroom hunt. We were doing the mushroom hunt. And so people in Minnesota can't drive for shit. They, they, they just, <laughs> they, they can't drive for shit. Um, but I've I've changed my philosophy from calling somebody a name or doing anything else to just going, good job there, pal. So I just use pal in place of everything now. Everything else. Exactly. Everything else. And it has honestly been like a little bit of a life change for me. Like, it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, pal. You just don't know what you're doing. And it makes me feel better in some weird way. Like, I'm just saying. I'm acknowledging you. I'm acknowledging how badly you did that thing. 
but I'm not calling out some uh, some generic attribute of yours that has nothing to do with the situation. <clears throat> right. You just if if you can't drive for shit, you can't drive for shit. And I'm just gonna be like, Whoop. so it's making my life interesting. <laughs> and there's there's Travis's kid just strutting by again, like. No, and I think that that's a really good outlook to have um, because generally, like you were saying, like most people, I, th- I think another thing that would help in the whole like getting through everything, like everybody has a really hard time in life. Everybody really struggles. There are some struggles that are going to be more difficult at some points than others. But, you know, on some level, we all face very, very similar situations, especially when it comes to like illnesses. You know what I mean? Like nobody is ever going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so lucky that I'm never going to get cancer because I'm Mexican. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's never going to happen. But I think that if we learn to live with a little bit more compassion and that whole really sticking to the philosophy of like live and let live, Instead of being super judgmental and just being like, oh, okay, so, you know, that's what you do in your life. Awesome. As long as you're not hurting a child, as long as you're not a murderer or a rapist and, you know, putting malicious intent out into the world, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Like, do you like at the end of the day, you're not going to be paying my bills. You're not going to be feeding me and you're certainly not going to be, you know, partaking in any other kind of situations with me. So it's like, why is that? Oh, shit. Some well, somebody you, you sounded like you were going through a wind tunnel just now. Oh yeah, it's because I had to move this because the cat kept trying to rub up on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's like my it's bad. like Brent. No, Brent's cat does the same thing. <laughs> my my yeah. cat hop, my cat hops up here and shows shows its asshole to my camera. That's exactly what Fireball was just trying yeah, to do. So He's like, oh, I just want to wink at you guys real quick. I hope, <laughs> I hope Kex and, and and Fireball meet on camera at some point. That'll be dope. Uh, it would be a, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When hard. cats collide, because cats collide. <laughs> you just went through my 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 little list of what it means to just you do you and I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a exactly. fuck. That that literally what you said. Don't don't hurt a ch- a, a child. Don't mm-hmm. hurt nobody. And I mean, you're good. You're good. You're Who good. Exactly. Well, I, but moreover, though, and I, and I say this, and, and I know it's not popular, but I say it because I mean it. Don't confuse my lack of understanding with hatred. Exactly. Don't do that. Just because I don't know you and I don't know what you're going through. And if I raise my hands and go, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what you're fighting. It doesn't mean that I hate you. It just means that I don't understand. You're just not getting it. Right. And that's totally fair. See, what I've. Okay, so what I've liked so far about like this conversation that we're having and what I can really appreciate about you guys is that uh, this has been probably one of the nicer and like definitely more elevated in the way that you guys are communicating with me as far as conversations go when it comes to topics like that. Because generally, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of how nice I'll approach and how I'll try to be very careful with what I choose to say it comes incendiary and people you know do get really up in arms and you know get really upset and will tend to completely miss the point of anything that i've said so i really really appreciate you guys so much right now for that well 
thank you. I, I it should go with uh for the listeners before we went live, we were having a pretty, I'd say, somewhat deep cult cultural conversation. Um, and a lot of it involved food exchange. And I think the biggest thing, uh, Steph Gwynn, that you were saying is just get through to other people with the food, man. You yeah. come down to Louisiana and you get served up <laughs> some rice and gravy, some bouillie, a gumbo, whatever, gonna be happy. And those those cool Guatemalan neighbors I had, they gave me the I'm I'm not gonna say tamales the way you did. You you say it better, but <laughs> I don't want to butcher it. No, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I promise. It's it's the effort, and that's I think another big aspect of um you know respecting cultures is putting in the effort to try. You know, like uh, what I've experienced a lot myself is that you know people like when. If you can't say quesadilla, that's fine. You can say quesadilla. You know what I mean? But it's like when they'll take words like that and turn it into like a mockery on and and not like to be funny, but to be malicious. And they'll be like a quesadilla. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's 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 childish, sure. But like, you know, there's a little bit of passive microaggression there, you know, that I think a lot of people do end up feeling like, for instance, there's, I don't know if you guys have, are on TikTok or anything like that, but this is kind of like, I think a slap to a lot of like Mexican people's faces was that, you know, there are a couple of recipes that were floating around and they were calling it cowboy caviar. When for us, it's just an esquite, you know, uh, you don't have to say esquite, but you can see Mexican street corn, you know, like that's a common phrase for Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and the cup. Yep. Yep. I know exactly they were calling it yep. cowboy caviar, you know, uh, and it's just kind of like, well, why would you do that? You know, like that's they not they were repurposing or rebranding it rather rebranding <laughs> it. And they were doing it. Same thing with like las aguas frescas, which is like, you know, our little like freshwater juices, you know, when it's like tamarind or hibiscus or anything like that, um, instead of just calling it aguas frescas or fresh waters or you know anything like that they were calling it spa waters you know trying to make it like trendy and super cool but like you know growing up that was one of the biggest things that you know when I would bring my tamarind water to school with my lunchbox you know people would be like ew why are you drinking shit water you know what I mean because it's brown and to see something like that, that was like very culturally meaningful to my family and growing up and like a very big comfort thing, you know, it's like that whole saying of like, don't yuck somebody else's yum. And mm. this now see it shift to not even be, you know, I guess, acknowledged and honored from where it came from, what it was and turned into like this really trendy thing. You know, it was a little, it was a little hurtful because it's like, bro, you guys used to crap on me for that all the time. Some corporations are are good at doing that. I don't know who's doing this necessarily. If it's businesses or people, or... it's just people, content creators. I I, I like to say case quesadilla, but I like to say it with a with a cowboy accent. And you're not and being I, malicious, right? No, I, I'm picturing a Texan guy that's like, I want me a quesadilla. Yeah, and, and you're not being well. Malicious. Yeah, I mean, it, in and and I'm gonna I'm gonna like half-assly try to defend white people here. I mean that that does <laughs> that does come from a, a fairly funny and fairly popular movie, and so. But I, I also think that like so I, I I took four years of Spanish in high school. I mm -hmm. can speak enough broken Spanish that I could definitely come to Mexico. Like 
put it this you way. You can hang I, out. Yeah. I was hey, I was in Mexico once and I went on a bike ride as part of a tour and I got lost. I was able to find my way back to where I was going. Jesus Christ. Grindhouse so, got lost in Mexico one time. We're learning a lot tonight. I was, <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, uh, this is a fun story, so I'll tell it. We we left our resort and we got on this bike path and the bike path had kilometer marks on it, right? <laughs> and we started at about the four was where we crossed the street. So we went to four to six to eight. And I got it in my head that I needed to see where zero was. I just, I don't know why, but I had to see zero. So I, I broke off. Hey, Simon. What's oh up, buddy? my god! <laughs> What's I up? I missed you all. Oh, I missed you, right. Simon. Well, you know where we're at, brother. That's all you got to do: is no. show up. Yeah. yeah, a lot has happened since we've last seen each other. Yeah. Oh, I suppose that's probably. <laughs> like, well, like hey. define define a lot. What's a lot? I mean, I moved out of my mom's house. Okay. I don't live in New York anymore. Really? Uh-oh. No shit. Oh, no, I live in the great state of Ohio. That's total sarcasm. Ohio is also awful, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> well, where's Snap? You can go hang out with Snap, our buddy Snap. Oh, yeah. Snap. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, Snap's in Ohio. Zombie. Oh, my. Yeah. I missed you guys. But <laughs> I also work at Duncan. I actually burned myself again last night. Hold on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can see, but, I, but this has happened in the span of two weeks. Oh, no. Why yeah. are you burning yourself? Uh, yeah, but you know, it's the Duncan life. I didn't choose the Duncan life. Duncan life chose you. Hashtag, hashtag the Duncan life. I love uh, it. I love it. I love but, it. Yeah, I work third shift now. So oh, ick. ick. Yeah, I'm fucking tired as all hell. Third I'm shift here. sucks. It That's does. All. In yeah, keeping with tradition, Simon, you are, you are always tired, my friend. You're always working, cuz. <laughs> I know because I am bored as hell when I'm home and I it, it's I can't win. But I actually bought myself a PS5 a couple of days ago. Yeah, nice. made a big boy purchase. A big boy purchase. A big boy purchase. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh Shit. man, are you in? Did, did you change the office? It looks different this time around. I yeah I, I y'all well, both who, did. Which one y'all both. Yeah. We both. Y'all yeah, we both talking have. to. Trevor! Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. This is the Trevor and hi! This is a better reunion than a housewife's reunion. This, this is so magical. <laughs> it's so great. It's God. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap my story up really quick and then we'll get on to oh. Simon because I want to chat with Simon. So... I got lost in Mexico. I finally got back to my resort when I told the guy who was like the head of activities there where I ended up. He was like, oh, senor, don't go there again. That's where gringos go to die. So, <laughs> so I, got, I got far enough off the beaten path, but I asked people that I did not know in another language how to get back to where the fuck I was trying to go. And they were all nice as fucking hell about it. And yeah, like, see, and that's what there. I'm saying. I feel like so. the resort people just be like feeding into the stigma too much sometimes because like probably because probably. you are a, a tourist, nobody would ever mess with you. They wouldn't dream of it. You know what I mean? That they would absolutely direct you to the right way. I mean, I my hometown is uh, Monterey, so it's like this big mountain range, and it looks mm-hmm. like they built a city inside of it, and it's like a crater, you know, mm-hmm. but. 
there's some really bad parts, but for the most part, you know, it's a really safe city. There's a ton of foreign exchange students that go to the universities there. And it's a really popular place to go. Not as popular as like, you know, Tampico or Cancun or Tulum or any of those other places or even Mexico City. But like, it's it's really nice. Um, yeah. And again, nobody would ever dream of messing with any of the students. Nobody would ever dream of messing with anybody that looks like it's also kind of a little hard because it's a lot more diverse. than I think that people realize when you get to those big cities um, and this is the last thing that I'll say, too, so that, you know, Simon can get on the action. Um, but we have a huge Asian Mexican community there. We have a huge Afro Mexican community there. We have a huge, because Monterey is like right on the, uh, not right on the border, but it's like, I want to say like five hours from Laredo, Texas, right? Um, But because of the Chinese immigration that happened in the U.S. after, you know, the whole railroad thing, they came down to Mexico and um, a lot of the Vietnamese refugees that ended up coming to the U.S. ended up coming down to Mexico. So there's like a whole Chinatown in Monterey, Mexico. You know, you go down this one portion of downtown and it's all like Asian street food shops and everything like that. And we do have a pretty decent size like Afro-Mexican community as well. And these are families that aren't new there. They've been there for generations. I wonder if they like, well, you could tell me, do they Tex-Mex it up and do like a chai mex? Uh, So they do have a Mexican-Asian fusion they do. Yeah. It's a really interesting like flavor, but it's good. It's it's good. <laughs> okay, like, I want to do that. I want that. <clears throat> oh my god. Sounds all right. I so tried something tonight. Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, bud. The, I've tried a food tonight for the first time ever I never had before. Egg egg foo young. Oh. It was. You've never had it before? No, and I'm pretty sure that people make it better than what I've had. Cause it was kind of blando. Oh no! But, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Everything else was great. So I don't know. We we've just we've been on a food a food rant. Oh yeah, yeah Simon, right. what you what you ate for dinner? <laughs> right. Actually, no funny story about that. Actually, yeah. Uh, Forty <laughs> minutes ago, I came home from work, and um, because I got called in the last, uh, I I can't even stop thinking about work. God damn it. But <laughs> I I said, fuck it, I'm not gonna cook. So I door dashed a couple of chicken sandwiches from McDonald's and it never showed up. Oh. So so I so the answer is nothing so far. Oh god so, damn. I, I know, so I, I gotta I got I, I, okay. You know what? Yeah, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I need to spend okay, about half my my about my new job. I okay. take pride of my new job, right? It's yeah. cool, it's whatever. I get paid the big bucks. I get to go home. I get to play my games and watch my game. And such is life. And I get to do it all over again the next day. And it's not the fact that I hate working. It's the fact that other people hate working. And, okay, so, okay. So I work third shift, right? So third shift job at Duncan is mainly to stock shit and clean shit and bake shit. I do mostly the baking. so. I should not be as pissed off at second shift as some people should be. But in that sense, and after every shift, right, everybody has their own jobs. Like, let's say coffee station has to do the dishes. Uh, the cashiers have to do this. The, the, 
runners have to do this and all this fun extracurricular shit. Well, the problem is second shift has a habit of not doing anything. (laughs) 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 And this happens every day. And then they don't tell us what they did. And then the first shift people come in at four in the morning. Then they get pissed off at us. And then I have to stay two hours extra every day just about. So I am so mad at the kids. I hate children now. Yeah. Any chance <laughs> of me loving any child <laughs> of 15 and 18, they could all go to hell. You guys, <laughs> sound like Ricky now. Guys, kids are great. But oh, you yeah, sound like Ricky now. I thought that was just a stereotype where people said, oh, well, this generation these days, they don't want to work. And I thought that was all bullshit. No, it's true. It's 100% true. These guys are so self-entitled. They are assholes. They don't... <laughs> 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 well, and I mean, today, well, well, and what's funny is today, I, I was going to Dunkin'. I live like here's the reason why I, uh, I work at Dunkin' because it's like right next to my apartment, so I get to walk there, so it's nice. So, but I went over there today just to give myself a cup of coffee, and I walk in there. There are only four people working there in total. Four. And to give you an idea how many people are supposed to be working, 12. Oh, my. On a Saturday. And I said, shit balls. Damn it. So so they asked me to be on window. And I said, well, I'm wearing pajama pants. So I don't know if I'm allowed. And they said, I don't (laughs) care. Just go work on window. So I was working on window and pajama pants on. That's that's <laughs> the level of how they don't care. But <laughs> oh my um, god, man! What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, what? this is what I wore to work today at Duncan. Why? Why? Why did they not have? Because they just don't show up to work. But no, they just don't. But here's oh, and what's funny too is sometimes I get so fed up that I yell at the children, even though I'm not a boss. But I I yell. I'm starting to yell at them now. It's that bad. Not like in person, but like through Snapchat. So I'm in a Snapchat group, right? <laughs> That's like a group chat. And um, I, it's it's uh, the only reason why I'm on there is because I just love watching idiotic sixteen year olds asking if we can cover a shift because it happens every day, and I think it's the funniest shit in the world. But yesterday, a seventeen year old girl asked why somebody didn't cover for her because the person that was supposed to cover for her did not show up. And then the person that was supposed to cover, quote-unquote, messaged back in the group chat, oh, well, I told you maybe. Wow. Well, well, that's, that's a just, great commitment. Right there, yep, maybe. Well, first of all, when somebody says maybe and hasn't given you a straight yes or no answer, <laughs> that probably means they're not working. Yeah. <laughs> well, he goes, but yeah. But like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's. How, how old are you again, Simon? I am 22, turning 23 next month. 
and you already feel this way. You need to find a new job before you get burnt out. But oh, this, yeah. but, but here's the thing. This is my second job in, sec- in six months because of this reason. I worked at McDonald's beforehand, and that was way worse. I hate dealing with teenagers. It sounds terrible to say, because these guys are the future of America, damn it. But I have no faith. <laughs> well, in the yeah, but of America. But look like, at where we're going, though. I mean, generationally, things have changed quite a bit. Um, so much. But so what? So what? Uh, honestly, Simon, what brought you to Ohio? What was the impetus to go to Ohio? The impetus. I got. To, oh, that's a big boy word. Uh, the impetus. The impetus. <laughs> <God, yeah. laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why'd you go to Ohio, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Ohio because, uh, well, and that's because my mom and I, um, I, I, we, we see, we, we don't get along anymore, unfortunately. So I, I moved out. So I went to Ohio because I have family there. So that's basically the essence. And like when I say like New York to Ohio, like. Where I lived in New York, like it wasn't like New York City or, or Albany, or not even Buffalo, where I said I was from. Because I am from Buffalo, but I lived like an hour away from Buffalo. I live in a, I lived in a small New York town above the PA border, mm-hmm. so it's like right above the PA border. So it was only, it was only like an hour. It was like a forty-five minute like like move. So it wasn't like five hours or anything bigger like that. It was just across. The border so, I can just, so you just needed to you just needed to change or like yeah, what was yeah the... that, that, that it's just it, it i wish i wish i can give you more black and white answer but that's basically what it is yeah it's changed because um okay. yeah and, and again and, and i thought to myself well i'm already 22 i should i should probably get this life thing going i don't want to life is scary people scare me I, what's like, the, what happened yeah, with school? School? No, it takes oh, balls, oh, dude. Oh, oh, oh. It totally takes balls. I mean, I yeah, school, oh. business, college. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that chapter. Well, yeah, you were doing that, so yeah, yeah, I was doing that. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I had one semester left to go, and I failed accounting, and they just and they suspended me for a year because oh. I failed accounting. Yeah, that seems kind of uh, stupid. Yeah, like, you know what? I don't care because I. Well, get Best. over, get over being pissed off and 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 do something for yourself and try to get back to it because it's a it's a big deal in the real world. So yeah, I mean, I don't no. may not seem it, but it is a big deal in the real world. So just try yeah. to yeah. But like, just, but what's, what's funny about that is coming out of high school, right? I wanted to become a history teacher, and mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to do. And I still kind of am thinking about doing that eventually. But I that was my plan. I was going to go to a certain college outside of my town and I was going to become a history teacher. But all of a sudden, uh, there was a business college uh, that gave me a scholarship. I don't know how the hell I obtained that because I was a <laughs> B-plus student at best. Like, I was not that good of a student anyways. But I learned about I got awarded the scholarship, which was all fine in the idea. And I was doing really good at college there for a second. And then, like, I started a bartending job, as you guys may remember. And that yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you work in that red bar and yeah, remember that? Yeah, yep. yeah, it was a very bad bar. Yeah, uh, and I just cannot multitask at all, and that's basically why I. Yeah, but 
But that's in the past, though. I'm I'm all about the present. I'm all about the present. No, well, I get that. Just don't, just don't uh, like if if you're that close on a degree, just don't forget your future because it's a because yeah, it's a big deal. I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I you know, just, it was getting to the point though. Like, yeah, like I get it. It was this one semester left, but I just I I, I, I hate school. I, I I hate I hate it so much. I, I despise school so much. I just, I just, I just I don't know. But, oh no, yeah. I no, I get you, bud. I'm not a I, I'm not a fan either. Just a, like it's it's so it's so fucking rigid, and it's not yeah. like it's not meant. It honestly is not meant to be conducive to being an individual. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but I almost think like that's the point. Like just you have to you have to stop thinking about you for a little while, and you just have to do this one thing. Um, Conform just a little bit, just to yeah. get through it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and prove to the prove to the world that you can do it, right? Um, yeah. That's like a lot of the big, but in the so, end, have, having that piece of paper, it, it's it opens so much door, so many yes. doors. Oh, so, so well put, doors. perfectly yeah. put, Stephanie. Perfectly put. Yep. Yeah, I'm just at the point where I just I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life, and like the and the thing is like, I have this sharing to a therapy session, which is actually pretty healthy, but I um. So like, I guess my mom and I like we've had some dramatic shit happen in our family, right? Over the last couple of years, and and uh, yeah, um, my my stepdad and my dad both died three weeks like, apart. Oh Jesus! Yeah, both suicides. Yeah. So like, that was, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, so, I know like, you talked to you talked about having a lot of um. I, yes. I think it was mental health problems in the family, in the family line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and well. that's what it was. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> but okay. uh, it's, uh, yeah. So that kind of, yeah. that did not, my mom, uh, my mom did not respond to it well. I'll say that. And it, which there's no, no real way to respond to it because that's just dramatic shit. But, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're all individuals, and, and, and the yeah. reality is, even if you, even if you have a predisposition, it does not mean it's your destiny. You gotta remember that. No, but, it just but, ain't. It just ain't. But yeah, but like, so like, my goal was to just to get out of my situation because it was a pretty unhealthy situation there for a while, and um, so I got out of it, which I was happy about. Like- but now I'm like, what do I do now? Because I got out of the situation, now I just gotta, so. It's well, that's the hard part, right? You've you've reset the game. What do you do now? But that's the fun part is you get to figure it out for yourself. You it know? is so, fun. And so right. no, well, seriously, dude, kudos to you for having the balls to do it because it takes like seriously. The house that I live in now is a mile from where I grew up. Like yeah. I have not gone anywhere. I have not like quote unquote branched out as we're all supposed to do, you yeah. know. But at the same time, it's like I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, right? I think that. As much as my city, the city that I live in is is going downhill quickly, and I mean quickly, um, it it it's not necessarily that like a terrible thing to like stay close to home. But like I I applaud you for having just having the balls to do it, like having the balls to just go. You know what? I don't like this. Fuck it. I'm going to change it. Yeah. And another really yeah. important thing, because like I don't know if this is a feeling yeah. that like might come up for you, but like especially with like having to put space and distance between your mother, because I can relate to that. I've had to do that with my mom. I went no contact with her for two years, and it was really hard. And I battled a lot with guilt, but 
because, you know, it's just me and her in this country. However, doing that was probably the best thing that I could have done for my own mental health and our relationship because it gave her time to also reflect on how she really was being very toxic. Um, And, you know, ultimately it ended up with both of us going to get some therapy and, you know, it's not a perfect relationship still to this day. I have the utmost respect for her. However, it's, you know, because I, I, I'm more Americanized than she is, you know, my views are very, very liberal in comparison to her very conservative upbringing. Um, and, you know, that was the biggest problem because for me, so I'm personally very sexually fluid, right? I don't have a preference. I don't care about anything as long as you're good to me and you're really nice to me, that's all that I really care about, you know? And my mom had a problem with that because I was 24 and I was dating this girl and my mom threatened to call CPS on me just because I was dating this girl and I was living with her. Um, And so she tried to, you know, get my kid taken away um, or she threatened to at least. And that's what ultimately pushed me to go no contact. And it's not something that she fully accepts to this day. I mean, she's pretty complacent about it because, you know, my kid's father, like my youngest kid's father's now, he's a man, obviously. So she just kind of thinks that it's not a thing anymore. But, you know, I correct her every single time that the conversation comes up. But she's more understanding and she's realized that her truth is not going to be my truth. Um, And, you know, time away definitely paves the way for healing for both of you, you know, and maybe it doesn't end up that way, but at least you've got yourself in a position to where you can find the mental space to breathe and really focus on, you know, what you've got going on in your life and how you want to pursue a future and how you want to build your life. Uh, Yeah, that's think that that does mean a lot well it's kind of uh not funny but uh it is kind of healthy for me to try and talk to my mom because i'm because like i have a eight and a half year old sister and a seven mm-hmm. year, year old sister uh we share the same mom so i i want to talk to them as much as possible but like the only great way i can do that is through my mom so it kind of right. pushes myself to talk to my mom and um and like, yeah, it, like I'm kind of in the same boat too. Like I respect her. Like she's, she's at one point she was the strongest woman I I knew. Um, mm-hmm. she, um, I I was born with uh, a lot of medical issues. I have spina bifida. Uh, I have hydrocephalus, which is water in the brain. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the spec um uh, on autism spectrum. Um, so she she and I grew up with like fine motor skills and all the nine yards and all this weird shit and she stuck through it and they and she carried on with the pregnancy even though they told her not to i and she invested so much time in therapy and um i was in a walker until i was seven and she drove me um an hour and a half to Cleveland, ohio from where she was living to give me therapy and and so like she's a superhero to me so like i'll, I'll always respect her and and like um look and I'm gay myself. And I came out to her when I was 14 and she was always so cool with it. And but like, 
So like I respect her and I'm so lucky and so fortunate to have her in my life, but it's just tough that things are just not the same as they once were. Right. And distance will help, I think, especially since she seems to be a very like nurturing and understanding person. You know, sometimes time really needs to be the factor to get people to where they need to be. Yeah. So it's uh it's um quite uh it's been quite the journey. Right, I just, I just, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, she was at, it's just, it's kind of funny how life turns out. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is, you know. Something when you find yourself are... in some of these like peaks and valleys, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've been cruising through a valley for a while now. And I still, I still don't know what's about to happen in my life. Um, <laughs> The current job that I have, like the big boy job that I have, that construction shit, that has slowed to a halt. So I'm door dashing day and night pretty much um, to keep up with everything that I've got going on. So now I'm like, I'm actually talking to some guy about going to do granite work at the Superdome until August. So I would be like gone until fucking August. Um, not not able to not like I'll still be able to podcast and shit, but I'd be working in New Orleans for fucking months. Um, that mixed with the kids and just ev- everything, I'm just I'm just in that. And I've said this on on the Discord and shit, and it's like doing doing shit like this, talking to people, and especially in this little community. Um, this has gotten me through it big time so when you got when you got good people try to surround yourself with good people during these bad times or at least uncertain times you know like have have you know we're all here we're all here so anytime you ever you know get low 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 come come party with us well i mean that's a reality though and i think this is and i think i've said this before uh, definitely that this is such an interesting mechanism to talk to people because um i think when you're face to face with people you're like maybe not in person but you're face to face with people i think it i think it breaks down a lot of like a lot of barriers right like i think it breaks a ton of them down and i've said this before like i've I've said to simon hey simon i don't understand being gay i don't understand it but Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't make me like you any less like we've talked so many times, I think you're a fucking rad dude. And that's all I care about, right? I don't the rest of it is honestly fucking irrelevant. It's it just yeah. it just doesn't matter. I don't have to live Simon's life, Simon doesn't have to live my life. So as long as we can be friends, who gives a shit about the rest, right? The rest of it's yeah. just fucking well, just it's fucking a lot noise. Different. It's a lot different than text. When you text well, like when people are commenting <laughs> online, that bullshit. That's what yeah, it is. It really yeah, is. It's the face to face stuff. Like that that breaks it it helps with the human connection i think but i so yeah that was perfect that was perfect the human connection and everybody here is just a human just trying to live their fucking life you Mm -hmm. know and and why anybody would go out of their way to make that harder for the person next to them is fucking beyond me Mm -hmm. now now i know i know that we all have to be who we are at the core and we all have to believe what we believe um but I think that there's, I think that there's room, there's room for growth for us as people. And there's also room for understanding, you know, 
and just and knowing that I'm not going to exactly get what one person's going through or who they're trying to be or whatever else, but I don't have to for it to be real to them. I don't have to. Dude, I got Elvis Costello's what's so funny about peace, loving, understanding, like just going through my head right now. That's the anthem. That's the anthem for 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 for, for nowadays. I don't know if you've well, heard it, but if you haven't, it's fucking it's a dope well, ass song. I, I, I know who you're talking about, but for a second, I thought you said about Interstellar, like the old comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm like, where is he going with this? No, I had something I wanted to bring up though. Um, that that I wanted to talk about. This this is some this is some real shit. Okay, some real real shit. <laughs> There's this guy. I believe his name is David Grush um, or Grush. I don't know how to say his last name. It's G-R-U-S-C-H. He worked for the Navy um, for 14 years. He uh, he left the government and he had a government job as like for the through the Navy. He left the government and lawyered up with a guy that also worked for the same um branch or, or intelligence office and they presented to congress i don't know if it's proof or evidence or what that it isn't a flat earth thing is because no is, i'm just out no <laughs> okay uh, i don't know where the hell seth is though but this was going to become something like that um <laughs> well hopefully he shows up uh they they said that the u.s government is concealing intact and partially intact non-human vehicles oh i saw this yeah yeah vehicles vehicles and corpses from said vehicles i didn't read stephanie go i didn't see that part yeah no i saw this i yeah i saw this yeah um well i i think it's i think it's like anything else and i think i think it goes to our conversation here if you're going to be somebody who's even considered a little bit open-minded, I think you have to entertain the thought, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, people that are like, I was taken in a spaceship and I was anally probed and blah, blah, blah. Well, eh, okay. Well, maybe go see your psychologist and up your medication, right? But there, there's a lot of things in the world that are, I mean, th- thoroughly, thoroughly unexplained, right? And you just got to kind of like, yeah, just take it with a, ooh, that was gnarly. True. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was me. No, Trev is chiming in. That's his th- That's his contribution to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, a- this to me, though, is a little bit more than just speculation. This this is some real legit motherfuckers who are whistleblowing the fuck out of their the government. And there's like, people that are getting up in arms about it and it kind of goes towards what's been happening with the whole ufo thing where the government came out and was like yeah they exist we're going to change the name though they call them uaps now um uh, unidentified phenomenon aerial phenomenon yeah yep so they changed the little phrase i don't i don't really know why but uh what kex is here kex is here yeah yeah um, well, when you when you change the name, you know what you do. To be perfectly honest, when you change the name of something, 
you change its algorithm and how it's searched and how it's found and whatever else. And it, it's it's just a decoy tactic. I mean, I, you know, I I think at this point, if you if you live on this earth and you see all the things that have happened, if you if you don't think that there's a little little bit of legitimacy to it, I think you're just kind of fooling yourself. But I personally have never seen little green men. I've yeah. seen I've seen little white men. They're called Travis, and I've seen yeah. big white men. They're called Trevor. Trevor, mm-hmm. um, true. But um, I, I don't. I've never seen. You know, I've I've never been anally probed by an alien. Whatever. I, I did, it just hasn't happened to me. Um, that you know of. That you know of. I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> um, I I do. <laughs> you know what? I I do have some pretty lucid dreams. So maybe. maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I yeah, Kex, what's up? But or I don't cross into another plane uh, of existence when you lose a dream. Well, that's the other piece of it, too. So, uh, as little as we know about the human brain and where the human brain can take us, um, and there's a lot of things I think that happen to people that nobody has bothered to put on a scale or to put on a piece of paper and actually figure the math out, you know, like where am I going? What am I doing? So, I don't know. Being a, being a human being is simultaneously the best and the worst possible thing you can be. <laughs> it's That's it's, what, the, well, sure. it's the well, it's the best because the opportunities are, are absolutely fucking limitless, right? And it's the worst because so many of us are such dickheads, and it's like I don't know why we all just like I uh, you know to to Stephanie's point to Simon's point everyone's point here why we all just like can't get together and like have a fucking barbecue and everything gonna be fine because <laughs> it's like i want to get in, together with the aliens and have a barbecue if, yes if, you yes, know I if do. they if they like ribs fucking a why not right i mean like i don't i don't like in my world nothing bad has ever happened at a barbecue right just like nothing like just get people over and it's like the grill's hot the beer's flowing people are hanging out having a good time it's like let's just get Let's get all the whites, the blacks, the gays, the lesbians, the trans, whatever's, the aliens, everybody, and just let's just have a barbecue. And, <laughs> and let's yeah. all just talk. Grind, Grindhouse you know? is universal barbecue. Here we go. Fucking the, right reason, there. the reason I bring this up, though, has anyone ever heard of Project Bluebeam? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Nope. So basically, it's this giant psyop from the government to trick us into believing that aliens are real and staging an alien invasion. It's coming. But see, here's the thing. Okay. This is, I, w- I actually just told this, tr- the story to Trevor before all of you guys hopped on. I don't know if he wants to hear it again. But... Yeah, go ahead. You got it. Tell him, tell so, him the story. I actually have seen what I would consider to be a UFO. So, all right, I was this is back in 2012, right? Before like anybody was really, really talking about aliens or anything like that. I was smoking a cigarette outside of my apartment, and my apartment happened to be right across the way from the pool. Like it was right in front of my apartment door. And there's like a whole bunch of people, like they're partying, they're having a good time, they're drinking. And I'm just sitting there, you know, smoking. I happen to look up and like at first. It was very far away and it looked like a really thin, long line, but it was like a speck in the sky. Right. And slowly it just starts to like shrink. Right. And like disappear into nothing. So I'm like, okay, it must have been a plane just flying further into the horizon. But then like a couple of seconds later, I see this giant 
tip start to come out of the sky, like right above me. And as it's coming out of the sky, it's getting bigger and bigger. And it was triangular shaped. And it did have the whole standard three lights underneath, you know, all of it. And I'm sitting there like, holy fucking shit, because it was huge. I mean, from where I was sitting and looking up, it was at least a football field and a half. Okay. And I have no sense of height or anything like that. So I couldn't tell you how high up in the sky it was, but I mean, it was huge and I'm like freaking out and I'm like looking at the people at the pool and they're just carrying on. It was such a surreal experience. Like I felt like I was in some weird, like paradox or parallel universe because they're just carrying on. And I'm like, do you guys fucking see this? And they're like, what? (laughs) I'm like, look up. And then they're like, huh? And they're just like drunk. And I'm just like, how are these people not seeing this? Like, I know I'm not the only one that's seeing this crazy ass shit happening in the sky. And this happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, like I said, back in 2012. Um, And it was obviously during the summer. I can't remember what month, but I want to say it was either June or July. And I'm still freaking out. My phone battery just dies instantly. But to be fair, it was a flip phone and it was like around 20%. So I couldn't get a video of it, even if I wanted to. At that point in time, my other neighbor that happened to live in the building over from me is walking out of his apartment door and I'm like oh my god thank fuck and I'm like Khaled Khaled do you see this shit and he looks up and he's like what the fuck is this shit and I was like I don't fucking know he's like I go back to my country today we don't have these in Saudi Arabia you know and like he's freaking out you know and I'm just sitting there like bro what the fuck and so we watch it pass over our apartment buildings and behind our apartment buildings, there was like an on-ramp to a bridge to a freeway. Right. And we watch it just coast. I mean, it was silent. There was no noise to it. And it's just floating, coasting slow as fuck over to the bridge until we lost sight of it. Maybe like 30 seconds later, we see like about 30 military style helicopters making a straight beeline for wherever this thing was going. And at that point, my phone's been charging a little bit. So I call the police department. They're like, ma'am, you know, like I must have sounded fucking insane to these people because like, they're like, we, we don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, whatever, fuck it. And I hung up. Right. And then I called the military base. This is nearby. And I called them and I'm like, you guys have a military exercise going on. And, you know, technically they're supposed to tell you, they're supposed to tell you if you call and ask if there's a military exercise. And I told him, I was like, I'm just concerned because I saw these helicopters pass over my building. And they're like, ma'am, we're not authorized to disclose that information to you. And they wouldn't tell me shit. So then I called the news station and then the news station, (laughs) we have had multiple calls about this going on. We're looking into it. The next fucking day, the story that came out was that it was just a military exercise training or military training exercise. But there's no fucking way. It, like they made a straight beeline for it. I didn't see any little green men or anything like that. But that right there just like shook me to my core. And it's an experience that I'll never fucking forget. I don't know. I, like I said, it, and it, it's still so mind blowing to me that there is a hole full of people and not a single one of them looked up. That is weird. Not that a is, single one of them. Even though you saw a big football spaceship 
that's the craziest part of your story is that the other people were just were like ah, oblivious. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I was just sitting here like I, it, it was such it felt like I was talking to like, you know, some in, NPC or something like that, because I'm just sitting here like. <laughs> How are these people not seeing what I'm seeing? Why aren't they looking up? Like, and I, I was screaming. I was like borderline hysterical. I'm surprised none of my neighbors in my building walked out. And it just so happened that Khaled, and I'm, I'm so glad that he did because otherwise, I don't think I would have believed it myself. I think I, I would have been hallucinating and I'd finally lost my, my shit. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah wildest experience. Do you think that 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 ship you saw, whatever the fuck it was? could possibly be the government's i don't know you know because it's like it would make sense if i had seen something like that in today's climate with everything that's happening out all the conversations you know the canadian minister of defense coming out a couple of years ago talking about how you know the u.s government has dealings with extraterrestrials and everything like that mm. if that has happened now my mind would go straight to oh man this is definitely some like government psyop thing but because it happened back then, when the topic of it was still kind of taboo and people were like, oh, you're definitely batshit if you believe in that stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I can feel comfortable being like, yeah, it had to have been the government. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I definitely don't know because I don't know any aliens. But that that's just that's just what I'm wondering with all how how a few years ago they came out and said that the UFOs are real. Now they've got guys that they're putting in the in the the big newspapers you know like with this article about this whistleblower it's like pushing the alien narrative perhaps on the public so people are like alien on the brain that it just i don't know I, I, i'm just watching it i'm just guessing and 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 i think that this is one of those things that can be considered like you know that game where it's like you know what's the lie what's the truth and it's a mixture of both you know, I think that that's kind of what this might might be happening is that it's a mixture of both, you know, the government and a mixture of there is something out there, you know, because it's like as advanced as we as people are, we are actually way behind than what we should be had we actually evolved the way you would see a species evolve. You know what I mean? intellectually socially on all aspects so when you think of it that way i feel like it's kind of hard not to think that there is some assistance in our advancements you know especially when it comes to technology we went from having dial up to cell phones and smartphones within a matter of what 15 years mm, yeah. is that it was very like quick. that's a pretty impressive feat for a society of beings that can't even get past, you know, like we were talking about earlier, <laughs> what skill color we are. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a big giant leap. I think so. Like as far as that goes, I I I, I kind of feel well, I'm not gonna dive into it too hard because Grindhouse is gonna gonna leave and I don't want to do that. But I I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um I kind of think the more I'm watching stuff. Oh, Simon, love you, bud. See you guys. Night. It was nice Hi, to meet you, Simon. Good oh, to see you again, bud. <laughs> yep, see you, man. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna go too deep into it. I, I think the world. I think we. I think we. We were 
the way you just kind of described it. I think we had evolved differently and I think we've done it several times. And I think maybe different cataclysms or there was a reset button. Or or a or maybe the people that were in charge then push the reset button some way, somehow, like they're talking about doing now. The World Economic Forum is coming out in the open and literally laying out the plans for the future. Agenda 2030. Klaus Schwab is up there on stage saying, You will eat, you you will have nothing and you will be happy. Like that's the plan. That is the plan for the world. At least, at least when it comes to Davos and the, the all these all these organizations that are like making decisions there's something that's in congress or it's passing the house or something right now that no one is talking about that's going to give the world health organization complete authority to put us back in lockdowns and do whatever they want when there's a quote unquote health crisis and when you go to their official website and you look at their definition of a health crisis it means almost anything they mm-hmm. they 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 include the climate in the health crisis so they could sure. sh- they could shut down a part of a country or an entire country and say that it's because of some climate issue that's happening and biden biden's going to sign this thing and no one's talking about it and i think you have to opt out of it i believe um it's not an opt in so he has to sign to not be in it and right. i think it's i think it's got something like there's a time limit on it and we're like no one's talking about this thing what well, and fuck? it's almost like that whole like hundred mile of the border thing that they passed, you know, where they give border patrol agents um, the ability to perform no knock warrants. As long as you live within a hundred miles of a border in the U.S., which Love includes that. all the coast, and those Love are major that. cities like New York, all of Florida. Chicago, California, Texas, and they can they can do no knock warrant searches of your home. And, you know, (laughs) that's a pretty wild thing, because it's like how that got passed is pretty scary. You know, it wasn't something that was also talked about. And I think that that's something that we could do as people, you know, average everyday citizens is like really, really start informing each other of these things when they happen. Because obviously, most major news outlets aren't going to talk about things like that. You know? No, they don't. And and I think I think it's a plan that they don't talk about these things. Oh, for the sure. The way I don't that, know the way that we are. Have- for sure. I don't know if you guys have seen, um, but there's a video that had been floating around and it was talking about all the major news outlets and how this one particular clip was showing that, ev- and it was like maybe 50 news stations and they played all of their, um, you know, oh, all, all their they, broadcasts. They, they were all working off the same narrative over and over. Yeah, and it was yep. verbatim the same thing. And I have a theory when it comes to that. So I think that the reason why we tend to see more people that have a very hive-like thought process and aren't able to expand outside of that regurgitated information, I feel like this is what I do think would be a psyop from the government. You know, back then in like, what was it, the 60s when they were talking about like brainwashing programs and everything like that? I think they've accomplished that. I think they've accomplished that with all major news outlets because most people that I have met, not all, but most people that I have met that are avid 
news watchers, they seem to be kind of operating on autopilot sometimes to me. And I've always been very, very curious if there's, you know, stock to that, if there, if that was a way that, you know, our government has been able to manipulate us is by, you know, not just like, oh, the news station's just putting out this information, but if there's actual programming behind it. There, there is a tactic whenever it comes to PSYOPs where... <laughs> I don't know what I'm hearing right now. Um, what was like? Oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, Trains fuck. out the tracks. Trains out the tracks. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. I had a thing. Um, God damn it all to hell. Part of the PSYOP thing is that they they need quote unquote enforcers, and they did this in um Nazi Germany, where it kind of like how you're saying through the media, through the propaganda, they would create these little I guess idea warriors who would go out there and enforce that like really fucking hard. Um, like you're saying, these people are who regurgitate the news. They're brainwashed. They are actually brainwashed. I don't know exactly what the tactic or how you accomplish that, but it's got to be a frequency thing is what I'm thinking. Oh, well, maybe that's interesting. Did you guys ever watch that film? Don't look up. Yes. No. Yep. Okay, so do you remember? I don't know if you guys heard this, but do you remember that they did like a news blast right in the middle of the movie, and they're like talking about like you know what's going on, and you know don't look up, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. During yeah. that time period, there was an extremely high pitched tone that was playing. And when I had asked certain people, they couldn't hear it at all. But there were a couple of other friends of mine that did hear it. Like, I want to say, I wish I knew the specific number. I'm going to have to try to, like, find it. But if you play it during that time, there is a super high-pitched frequency. Yeah, it's a certain certain level of megahertz. And the the reality is it's supposed to have offsetting tones that are supposed to to talk to you and whatever else i and and i like that part of it i get the reality for me as a person is that like i know how you break a society down right like mm-hmm. our our society right now is being broken down and it's being broken down pretty swiftly and, and and pretty succinctively um the reality is if you want to be well, let's just call it a society or a nation who wants to take over another nation and and you want to and i, I think travis alluded to it earlier we ta- he, when he talked about like the nazis and how they did things what they did is they infiltrated your your society with propaganda that's what they did <laughs> and they picked on your weakest <clears throat> and then they worked up from there um the thing that i think is happening in our society right now this is not going to be popular but i honestly don't give a shit so let's just move on is um right now is tiktok TikTok is what is breaking down American society. <laughs> it, no, it actually is. If you look at if you look at the Chinese and the way that they regiment their society, the people in China can't use TikTok. You know why? Because it's not allowed. Right. People in China have to go out, be productive. They have to look. Yeah, whose TV is so loud? Turn that shit down. Trevor, turn your fucking TV down. It's my kid in his room. Well, then turn him down because it's fucking <laughs> wow, it's loud. 
Um, anyway, so but that's but that's how things are done. That's how you infiltrate a society, and that's how you break things down slowly. And that's what's happening to us right now. We're all being turned into morons. So when the day comes and people come in and want to take over our society, we just go, okay. Well, here's the thing with that, though. On like as like. I guess I'm a devil's advocate kind of like situation. Trevor, turn it off. It's too loud, dude. I cannot. Way too loud. I just can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. So like as a counter to that, okay. I I agree with you in the sense of, yes. But see, when you look at like China not allowing that kind of app, you know, there are other apps like Weibo and whatever, whatever, whatever. However, Here's the thing, though, is that in the interest of the people not knowing information or to keep them as the little worker bees that they want them to be, Mm -hmm. right? Or is that in the interest of, you know, keeping them from something harmful? Because the thing that I have found with TikTok, depending on, you know, what algorithm you are on, there's a lot of information that I would have never been privy to had somebody not mentioned it. And then, you know, of course, I do my own due diligence and I investigate it. And, you know, I kind of form my own opinion from it, you know, what I've read, what I've like looked into. But it's like, for example, you know, really great example with history. You know, I would have never known that Lake Lanier Uh, the bombing of Tulsa, things that I should have learned in high school when it came to U.S. history, I didn't learn at all, you know, Um, what Central Park was before it became Central Park. All of that was information that I found from TikTok. And of course, doing my due diligence, you know, I read about it and it was a piece of history that I would have never been privy to. Well, I think you're right. But at the same time, most of those things I don't think are things that can be truly learn in 90 seconds but can't. no 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 but that's what i'm saying you go you you hear about it and then you go and you do your due diligence you know what i mean I, and and i hear what you're saying most people don't do that no you're right they don't and but if it could be used in that way as a tool to you know gain more knowledge learn more things i know not everybody does that but you'd be surprised by the amount of people that do you know no and and i I hear what you're saying, but ultimately, I think things like TikTok are, I honestly think that they're being used to shorten our attention span. So when bad things happen, we care less. That's mm-hmm. honestly, honestly what I think. Them. Yeah, yep. no, and yeah. that makes sense too. That yeah. makes sense too. But then in the same respect, I guess that could be said for Instagram too and Vine because those were really oh, popular social yeah. media apps, you know, no, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it goes to that that old saying: Twitter is stupid, Instagram is for people is Twitter for people that can't read, right? That's, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what it is. But I mean, right. but that's, but that is what I, I think. You know, Travis likes his flatter shit, whatever else. This is one of the things I honestly think. I think, that, I think TikTok yeah. is, TikTok is being used to make our country fundamentally stupider as as every day goes by. People digest information in these tiny little chunks where they don't actually get any actual information they just have a they have a thought or an idea and and then and then they're told how to respond to said thought or idea um but they don't ever like dig into things and see if things are actually real i mean the, the reality is tiktok is owned by a company called ByteDance. 
Mm-hmm. Byte Dance is a Chinese funded and basically owned corporation that is being used to do nothing but gather information on us. So when the day comes when they want to walk in with their flags and their tanks, all of us will just go, okay, thank you, new overlords. You know, right. Like, well, here, here's the thing, I guess that again could be like, I, I don't know, like maybe a counter is, do you think there's a possibility to flip the script on them? Cause like I said, if people are giving information, like, like I said, my algorithm tends to be like very political things. My algorithm tends to be, you know, a lot of like world events, world occurrences from like people's cell phones that they're filming that's happening to them in that moment, you know? Um, the riots that were happening in Paris, the riots that were happening um, in Hong Kong, you know, all that stuff was popping up on my feed, different like supernatural things, because I do like to dive into the supernatural realm myself. But, you know, those things would pop up. So in while like it could be it is definitely I don't disagree with you a tool to kind of desensitize and kind of retrain and rewire our brains. Do you think that it could be flipped? in the right way to become a way to communicate knowledge and a way to communicate, you know, things that necessarily people don't want us to know. No, I think it, that that's no, the case. No, I don't. It, no, I, I don't think it is at all. And, and, and I think that's, it's because it's censored. Things that are unpopular are automatically censored by TikTok. You but will you be, can, you can find them though. Cause I find yeah, a lot of flat earth crazy shit on there. I, I agree that you can find them, but, uh, but from, from, from my standpoint, when you sign up for an app and, and if you go into their, their T's and C's, those are the terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is TikTok again, owned by ByteDance, a Chinese corporation that is government funded. You are allowing them to access your banking information. Every single social media thing that you have, you're giving them your social security number. You're doing everything. It is because in this day and age, there there is one almighty powerful tool in this world right now, and that almighty powerful tool is data. Okay, mm-hmm. that is how you that is how you make new friends, and that's how you defeat an enemy is data. And and when you sign up for that, you give them everything, everything, and it scares I, the shit I'm, out of me. Well, Fair I'm not, me. I'm not questioning that, but to her point about, and I'm, I'm going to agree with her cause I do it. So I think it is possible. You can take, it's exactly what she said. You could take a chunk, just a nugget. And if you're that kind of person, you're going to go and do the deep dive. Not everybody will. And you're right on that aspect. In that mm-hmm. aspect to me, Grindhouse is that most people are, f- I'm not going to say most people are fucking dumb. Most people have too much other shit going on. To not be like me and be all super nerdy about something and then go and find out more and more and more. I don't think yeah. people are, I don't think people are dumb, dude. I don't think I, that, that Well, are. that's why I said that. I, live, I, I didn't say that. We live in I a did place, not say they were dumb. We live in a place now where for the most part, the one thing at our core that we do is find a way to distract ourselves from our lives. That's what yeah. we do. Okay. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that's the last thing that you should do. I think you should be paying attention. Well, then I quit That's the podcast I mean. and the Discord because this is what I do all the time. I'm just, just distracting myself from my hell. I mean, well, I, I might mean, as well not be here. Well, that's sure, a pers- sure. that's a personal hell, though. That's a different thing than your average everyday just walking through life. That's I, I think it's different, you know. I mean, and if you're if you're going to do that, if you're going to engage in that, totally fine. I mean, I, I 
I go down YouTube rabbit holes. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm an average person, but when I know that something like TikTok, when I know it, I know it is being weaponized against us. It's a very unnerving thing. For sure. But that's like, and in the sense of like data and everything like that, you know, I'm not, I don't think any of us are, I don't know who knows and not to like, you know, throw anybody out there, but like, you know, unless you're an experienced hacker, of course you can't like, you know, protect yourself against those things. And like, in all honesty, the reality is we're probably all on the dark web somewhere. You know what I mean? Like our information is definitely there somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's no matter how many firewalls we have on our systems, no matter what kind of protections we buy, like our info is already out there um, more than likely. So I think you're you're right. I think you're right. But I would challenge you to what is the difference between saying, you know what? I don't, I don't want to give this information freely, which is mm-hmm. me. I don't. For and sure. Do, and doing something like TikTok where you're just rolling over. And give, For sure. And giving it at will. And I guess like maybe that's like where the pay, like it's, I guess like the perception of the person, because you know, like how you perceive something is always going to be very different from like how another per- person perceives it. So I guess like the trade off for me is like, I'm like I said, I'm probably well aware that like, you know, my info is floating around out there, unfortunately, and there's nothing I really can do to protect myself from that, you know, regardless of these apps. So it's like the trade off for me is knowledge. The fact that, you know, I have learned so many things from like a 90 to like three minute video, not just in that video, but the lead to go and investigate myself and, you know, really, really dig into a topic or a subject like I would rather be well informed and and you know I I have a really strong thing where I don't speak on something that I don't feel that I'm confident in my knowledge you know so like I would rather have that knowledge I would rather really know things and you know the possibility of you know a foreign country having my information and all that stuff like I don't know. I'm a pretty big Tuesday prepper. And at the end of the day, I have also come to the terms and this is going to sound really, really bleak, but I have also come to the terms, whether it's a zombie apocalypse, some sort of like takeover or anything like that with my three girls. And especially if it was ever to happen in the immediate future, being a woman, I would rather end us all before I let ever let anybody have their hands to our bodies and access to our bodies, because that's the reality for a lot of women in situations like that. You hear all these horror stories from the women in Ukraine and what's happened to them with soldiers. You know what I mean? So before somebody ever lays a hand on my child or anything like that, I'd be like, all right, babies, it's time to go night nights together. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds really bleak and that sounds really, really horrible, but I would rather go that route than to potentially have to deal with, um, you know, watching my daughters go through a very traumatic situation and not being able to do anything physically to help them, to stop them. I have guns, sure. That might last me for a little bit, but the reality is that's not going to be sustainable, you know, with three girls and myself. Well, the prepper thing, I can't speak on. I'm in no I'm in no way shape or form even to have a situation where I can prep for anything, although I do think it's smart just because cuz shit can happen uh, mm-hmm. whenever. 
Um, it's true. I mean, I don't even own a gun, but I support the Second Amendment. I'm just saying, like, I get why. If you can have it, so can I. So until mm-hmm. we, until no one has a gun, then exactly. we all get guns. Exactly. But, no, and I'm in. I'm in agreement. I but I like the point that you made a second ago, and I think this is where we could win if there is an agenda to to beat is we're using their tool against them exactly. now whether, whether, it. whether it's tiktok or whatever but it's the internet in total like the in, just mm-hmm. using the internet to have conversations about it i'm sure if there is an agenda they don't want people talking about it they don't yes, want sir. people out there saying oh shit uh are, are UFOs real or they just want people to watch the news and the news tells them what it is. And then they're like, okay, well that's what it is. And then they go out and they spout it. And then UAPs exist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why that little trick that just doing that one little thing where you change the term, they're taking the power back. It doesn't seem like a lot, but psychologically and in mass for a society, it's a small step in taking it it's almost like taking we were talking about this uh i think before we went live maybe um was the uh re- repurposing of the mexican street corn mm-hmm. it, it's like that on a grand on a on a grander scale i guess for sure um at least it could be again speculating well i, okay, I don't but, know but that's the hardest part though as we sit here and do this as we sit here and we talk and we're having a conversation and maybe 10 or 50 or 100 people hear it the reality is just being connected to the internet yeah is, is a risk is is data out the ass for somebody yep. else and maybe yeah. it's com maybe it's comcast maybe it's zoom maybe it's whoever google um, if you use your google yeah. account to sign in whatever yeah. exactly I mean, so yeah i mean there's kind of like an inevitability you stepped onto the internet like your information yeah. is bound to like make it somewhere you know what i mean so it's kind of like, again, it's like that risk factor, you know, do you go completely off grid and, you know, just like not have anything to do with it? Or do you take the risk for whatever gain you're looking for? You know what I mean? Like, as well, yeah, example. I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, but here's the reality of the situation. The, the, the six of us sitting here chatting, doing whatever else, we all understand that if we go on here, we're, we're compromising ourselves a little bit. Right. Sure. But if it comes down to brass tacks, none of us have the tools to use this information for any kind of gain where right. there are other people say like bite dance that has the tools to use this for gain. Right. I can't, I can't do anything with this. I, I mean, I know where Travis lives, you know, I, I, but I, what can I do with that? I, you can't, deplete I can't do anything. With it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, mean, I, but I will say this. I, I have a reason I hate TikTok and it ain't got nothing to do with China. It has everything to do with the fact that when I started a TikTok for the nightclub podcast, I uploaded the first video and it was our video that we made ourselves with music that I made my fucking self, original music. And they flagged me for copyrighted music. Oh, I emailed them a bunch of times trying to explain like, this is my shit. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Never got a response, so I'm not using the goddamn thing because they suck. That's fair. Yeah, that's really? fair. All that being okay. said, though, I actually do have to jump off of here. Um, I thought we were starting at nine, so I kind of planned for <laughs> two hours there, and it's almost eleven thirty. Um, I don't know where the hell Trevor is. 
Right here. Oh. Oh, that's right. You guys are an hour behind me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's eleven twenty right now for me. But um, I got oh, I got work you. in the a.m. What the fuck were you doing under there, Trevor? <laughs> Trevor's, crawl- Trevor's over there crawling around the playground. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Thank y'all for talking. Night, night. Good night, buddy. Thank you. I'll see y'all later, and I'll do that karaoke over there at the DBS Discord. Tuesday. I'll be there. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night. Later, Travis. It's well, the no. slow lid closing for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, you know, I guess for me, um, and as I, as I watch the world and cause it's even happening to me too. Right. I'm, 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 I'm starting to digest the things that I take in in smaller and smaller portions mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like I'm getting stupider and stupider as the, the days go by. Um, you know, to your point, Stephanie, about like looking things up and actually checking information and doing whatever else it. I don't think enough people do that. I think people just see a thing and go, oh my God, that must be how it is. And now I have to react. But that's also why I think we have so many people protesting things that they don't understand. I think that's why we have so many riots and so all this other bullshit. I I live in Minneapolis, okay? So I, I, I got to watch good chunks of Minneapolis burn down during the whole George Floyd thing. Um, and it's like... That's literally when society is at its worst. Um, right. And I think things like TikTok don't do anything to make society better. I think people just want to. Well, people just want something to cling on to and they want something to freak out about. Um, but I don't think they do their due diligence, like you said, and like actually look things up and just go, what is this actual? Do you have a do you have a Terminator Judgment Day video game in the background? Stephanie, like, uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh my god, I hope it works because it looks awesome. Uh, I have to get it fixed because something's not working with the guns, so I have oh. to go send it off and get it fixed. Oh. But the other gaming cabinets upstairs, they do work. The other ones, okay, wow, okay. So, I think this, what this, <laughs> what this, what this tells us is that you can come to America from any country and you can be fucking successful. Cause I don't have any goddamn video games in my house like that. <laughs> yeah. God, that's well, awesome. it comes from a very lucrative business. So, uh, my really? kid's dad works. Um, he, he manages a strip club and I used to bartend at a strip club. So, that's, you that's know, a, that's a lucrative business. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, in this day and age, when I see 17 and 18 year olds making many millions on the internet at this point, uh, it's like, get your bag how you get it, you know, like, <laughs> oh, well, and I have, I have absolutely no issue with that. It's just the, the thing that makes me sad, like genuinely makes me sad about this country is that you have all those people. And I think it's awesome that people find a way to just carve out their chunk. Right. But as soon as it goes a little bit south, people just check out. And, and by check out, I mean check out. And they it's do. like, I don't get that. It's like I our our society right now has has one thing I think that is very current that it's never had before, and it has no resilience now. 
Uh, people, that I can agree with for sure. People can't bounce back from anything. They hit the smallest little bump and it's just like, oh, fuck, it's over. I give up. The world but, is over. Yeah. 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 It. And it's, I just, I, and I hate that. You know, I have a, I have a daughter now who is 21 mm-hmm. and she has had two friends in the last five years do that. Um, and people that had everything going for them, um, like, like, like the sky was the fucking limit. Brilliant people, athletically brilliant, whatever else. And so I don't get the, I don't get this like, like fuck it all attitude. Like I'm just gonna quit attitude. Right. Like I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's really foreign to me. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, and it's like, I'm pushing fifty. I'm five foot eight. I'm overweight. I've, I, I spent my entire life having nothing going for me but I've still pressed on. So it's like, if you have things going for you and you still quit, it's like, why should I bother? You know, I don't, but so I think that with that is, this is where I think social media has really, really damaged our youth Mm -hmm. in the sense that the standard and the precedent that it sets for living is, unattainable you know like the beauty standards the lifestyle you know the partying and it's like when you feel the pressure to be so successful is you know it's always something that's been drilled into us growing up you know to be successful to have your own home to you know just be financially stable that was pretty much the bar but nowadays you know you have teens that are looking and living in lavish mansions and are filming content with crazy cars and you know the pressure to succeed is a lot higher and the bar isn't just to own a house anymore the bar is to make yourself extremely wealthy and sometimes i fall into that trap i'm not gonna lie not in like the sense of like buying a mansion or anything like that but generating generational wealth for my children so that when they are, you know, university age, regardless of, you know, loans or anything like that. If they want to go to an Ivy, my baby's going to an Ivy, you know what I mean? So, and, and not only just that, but like having them have a cushion to go out into the world and not worry about tons of debt and, you know, set up a rental property for them that when they hit a certain age, they can either sell for the money to invest in something else or, you know, keep and have that income for them coming in. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, in that sense, I feel like that's one of the biggest damaging things that social media has done to the younger generations is that this bar, this expectation of, what a good life is is so much different than what it was when I was growing up. You know, when I was growing oh. up, coming to this country, like the goal was to just get a good paying job and, you know, have a home. It didn't matter how big it was, as long as, you know, it was a home and it was mine. Um, you know, I grew up eating rice and beans for the most mm. part, you know, and like, Now you have kids that are like 18, 19 years old that are going to like five-star Michelin restaurants and that's normal, you know? So with that being said, I think that that has impacted a lot of these younger kids' mental health in the sense of, 
you know, body dysmorphia is at an all time high with women. Whereas before it wasn't even a thing, you know, like curvaceous women, it was just like, whatever, you know, like you're a woman, you've had children, you haven't had children. That's just your body type, whatever, whatever. And there's always been a heavy beauty standard, but I think now it's like reverting back to those early two thousands where, you know, if you look like Paris Hilton, that's hot, you know what I mean? No, I think you're right. And and I think I think our, our silent partner here, Kristen, said it. Um, it like it starts in elementary school, right? It um, does. And the one thing that I've noticed now is that people are really on board with like set setting this high bar. Like here's where you here's what you have to achieve. What we don't teach now is what happens if you don't. If you don't, exactly. Yeah. And you just oh go. The problem is they're also missing a lot of the social cues because they're all falling behind with everything that's online. They're jumping on the internet, looking up all this this garbage that's out there, and they're not getting what they need that's necessary from their environment. Mm-hmm. They're getting from online, which is all made up. Like you're going back with the fancy cars, the fancy houses, but how many of those are really real? They're not real. Right. These people don't own them. You don't know if these people are sitting there squatting in them during the day, just overtaking them or just their parents or real estate agents going in there and saying, hey, I'm going to film here because mom and dad work here. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that's an influencer and he's got like, I want to say like maybe 8 million followers on on TikTok and he started out in Vine Days and Maybe this is like a trade secret that I shouldn't be spilling, but a lot of the content houses, you know, the really nice mansions and everything like that, a lot of the times is like creators will bundle together, run out these spaces and end up, you know, filming their content, blah, 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 selling the dream. And it works. It's lucrative. You know, it gets them their followers. It gets them their brand deals. And, you know, again, get your bag how you get it, not knocking it. But I think that... If we're to move in a society that's going to be productive, that's going to be healthy, that's going to be benefiting ourselves, you know, we also have to kind of take like a personal responsibility to how we're influencing people. You know, if that's your line of work, you have to, you know, kind of almost have like a moral compass in that sense of like, you know, are you a part of the problem or are you actually being helpful? Now, the downside to that is that the majority of the time, nobody wants reality. They want the fantasy. Um, It kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, even porn addiction. You know, that's why porn is so popular is because it's selling a fantasy. Mm -hmm. And it's not lucrative to not sell a fantasy, you know? Yeah, it's definitely. just not. I agree with you. Well, it is. It is lucrative, but it's only lucrative short term. I mean, that's, and I think that is what people fail to see. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to your points about these rental properties and people showing up and having these fancy cars and doing whatever else. Um, I don't think, I mean, if you, if you, if you break down the American dream, the American dream, right. And whether it's the, mexican american dream or the irish american dream it's the american dream right if if you break it down the reality is getting up every day and feeling good about what you've done is my dream for me top priority yeah 
And if I, if I dig myself a hole that I can't get out of, well, guess what? I did it myself, you know, exactly. Nobody else is responsible for that. Nobody else should have to pay for that. Right. But I think what you said is perfect. It talks about these, these fallacies that people are trying to put out in the world. And it's like, here's what you can do. And everybody, and like, even going back to like elementary schools, that's what people, that's what our kids are taught. Now they're taught that it's like, well, if you just, and see, I hate the, I hate the word influencer because like, like, what does that actually mean? Like, what are you actually influencing? It's like, you're influencing bad behavior, general basic laziness, using other people. It's like, it's, it, it, for me, it's all fundamentally bad. It's just, it's like, you don't, I don't, I don't want to use somebody else. It's like, if I get together with a friend and we have an idea and we're going to make a business or something, that's one thing. Like trying to sell a fantasy, as you so aptly put, is a completely different thing. Um, For sure. Yeah. But I mean, I mean that's that's mm. also part of hu- human nature is that we're drawn to fantasies. I mean, think about book sales, films, think about like every aspect of entertainment is a fantasy. It is a fantasy that is sold to us and we do indulge in it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the problem lies when you can't distinguish the fantasy from the reality. Mm. Exactly. And that's all psychology. Mm hmm. No, I think you're absolutely right. But I think that we in this in this latest generation of people, I think people are are far more drawn to the fantasy. Mm-hmm. The, the fantasy used to be a distraction from our day to day life. Mm-hmm. And now the fantasy is the goal to achieve. For sure. For sure. It's, it's different. You know, I, you know, I come home and I, I'll tell you what, I take satisfaction in mowing my lawn. I take satisfaction in picking up dog shit because I know it's done. <laughs> I, I, I take satisfaction in getting my laundry done. I take satis like genuine satisfaction in those things, but I don't think a lot of people do anymore. I think most no, people just... it's about likes and follows and whatever else. And it's because that's what sure. people now are trained, you know, the distorted what... reality of life. That's exactly what's going on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and people don't, people don't bother with what's right in front of them anymore. Exactly. And, you know, it is a problem. It is a problem. But, you know, they do bother with what's right right in front of them. The idiot box that's right in front of them. That's what they socialize themselves with. But I think what what would really, really help our society here, particularly in America, is if more mental health resources were available at no cost. And the reason why I say that is because, and I know this dips into like the socialism thing, and that's not a very popular thing because realistically, ideally it works. Realistically, it doesn't, especially in the large scale that, you know, the U.S. is. However, with those resources being available, I think it would drastically increase the overall quality of life here in the U.S., you know? Not medication, yeah. because I'm, I'm I'm strongly against pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. I think medication, I was on medication for a very long time, from the time I was 11 up until I was 18. And any time that I took an antidepressant or an Adderall or anything like that or Xanax, it made my symptoms a thousand times worse. Um, you know, I was forcibly addicted to drugs that I had no business taking at such a young age, you know, 
And my mom didn't know any better because again, she was just trying to help me any way that she could. And, you know, I think that in some aspect, you know, a lot of parents are kind of taken advantage of in that sense, because, you know, our brains aren't fully developed as children. There's no way that, you know, pumping your body full of those chemicals to regulate your brain is helping because it goes against your natural development. You know, I think you're right. I do think you're right, but I, I I also think, and this is just my experience, and I'm I'm not going to speak for the whole world, but I also think that parents these days are lazy as hell. Mm. I think that parents parents will do just about anything to get out of parenting. They will give their kids a phone or give their kids an iPad, whatever else. Yes. Watch, watch watch this. Be distracted. Be complacent, and then I don't have to actually raise you. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. And I can agree with that to an extent, for sure. I mean, and I, and the reason why I say that is because like, you know, my daughter, she just, my oldest, she just graduated from elementary school. She was the only child in her whole entire fifth grade that did not have a cell phone. And she has been begging me for one. And I told her, ma'am, I'm sorry. You know, you're probably not going to get a cell phone until you're probably around 16 or 17 years old. One, because anytime before that, I'm taking you where you need to go. I know exactly where you are. Uh, You're not going to be anywhere that you shouldn't be at that age. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no need for you to have a cell phone. There's anytime you want to get onto the internet or anything like that, you can do that at home where I can be vigilant over what you're looking at, who you're communicating with and everything like that. And the reason why I think I'm so like stern and set and that being a thing in my household is because I remember being 13, you know, 14 years old on AIM chat, talking to complete ass strangers that had no business speaking to me and I had no business speaking to them. And that was in the comfort of, you know, my living room. And my mom was completely oblivious to these interactions. So if that's what I was doing at 13 years old, you know, in the middle of our living room with our dial-up computer, there's no way I'm handing my child a cell phone. No way. Well, yeah, it's it, it ultimately boils down to giving kids access not- to a world that they're not ready for, right? Exactly. Not, you know? And, and 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 so how how as a parent do you like how do you like, how do you police it? Right. And the reality is you can't, you can't, you're, yeah. you're, you're depending on things like the uh, Instagram filters and Facebook filters and whatever else fill in the blank app filters to make sure that it's policing for you. And the yeah. reality is they don't do a good job. They, they don't, don't. No. they don't. No. I mean, my, I, my child had a computer for school because they gave her, she did homeschooling for two years. Right. And before they sent her a computer, I had parental locks on my computer so that she could use it for school. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids are so smart and they're so resilient and they're so like crafty. She figured out how to take all those things down so that she could look up music (laughs) videos whenever she was doing schoolwork instead of paying attention to her schoolwork, you know? Mm -hmm. So that ended like I was like, all right, no more. Like, I'm going to sit with you, even though I have my two screaming toddlers at the time, you know, in the background while I'm trying to sit with her and make sure that I am like hyper focused on what she's doing, you know, but like, 
kids do that. And that's just the reality. And I think a lot of that too also comes from parents wanting to be in denial about their children's capabilities as well. You know, there's a lot of parents that think that their children would never do something like that, you know, but they do because they're kids, they're curious. It's an inevitability. You can, you know, drill down your child's throat, your morals, you know, like how, what's right, what's wrong. But because they're such curious creatures, they're going to want to explore. They're going to want to find things out on their own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, ultimately I think between parents who are overworked, overburdened, everything else and, and, and want to be distracted and, and to your point, kids who are just naturally curious, honestly, I think we've, we've met in the middle of like a really disastrous place where parents are using the same things that their kids are using, right? Parents are using it to be distracted and, and to do whatever else. And the same kids are using that space to learn. And that, mm-hmm. I think, that I think is the dangerous place. It's so dangerous. They're seeing the same things that we are. And I don't think a lot of it is uh, kind, of, kind of to your point about look, looking things up and knowing what you're talking about. A lot of it is not truthful. Most of it is not fact-based. It's 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 somebody's interpretation of something, and it's often wrong. Um, Get out! And oh, and, and kids, kids just have an abundance, an abundance of mediums that they can use, and ultimately they don't, they don't have the ability to actually process what's right and what's wrong, and what might be like bullshit and what might not be bullshit. So they just go, oh well, I heard this, so it's fact. And they just move on from there. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, unfortunately, you know, I think that there's a lot of ways that we could fix this as a society. Like, especially when you look at other countries, like, for example, you know, Sweden or uh, Norway, when it comes to like parental leave after, you know, a mother has given birth, you know, it's not just like the mother gets a, up to a year of maternity leave, but also the dad does as well, you know, and it's paid. And I think that if we did have systems like that in place, you know, America, that's, I think that's the bad thing about the U.S. is that because we're so capitalist, because we're so focused on like a workforce, because we're so focused on, you know, generating you know, numbers for these companies. And it's not because we, the individuals want that, you know, it's just that that's just the way of life here that the care for the actual individual and the people has dramatically dropped. I don't think it's ever been really good, but it was better back in the fifties and the sixties because the pay actually meant something, you know, whereas now pay doesn't mean anything for a lot of people, you know, it's like, barely making it through a lot of people have to pay fees for late bills because their paychecks just aren't cutting it and so when you have people that are stressed and depressed because they're not able to pay their bills because and I've been there you know I I before I met my children's father now my youngest too I was working three jobs you know, I was bartending at a strip club. I ran a wedding venue and I worked at a real estate company. Um, and I would go from one job to the other job to the other job. And 
I never had time for my child. And it was the most depressing thing because even with working those three jobs, I was barely making ends meet until I, you know, I got my a better clientele at the bar and they were, you know, tipping me more <laughs> because they actually, you know, got to know me and we had good banter and they liked me as a person. Granted, I was scantily dressed. However, <laughs> you know, it, it was a good time. Um, but before that, you know, working that hard and not having the resources because I couldn't qualify for Medicaid because I was making too much, but I still wasn't able to pay my bills. I couldn't qualify for anything like food stamps or nothing like that because I was making too much. But, and that was back in like 2014, 2015, 2016, where, you know, rent was 850 for me for a two bedroom, you know, no, now the prices are sitting at like anywhere between 1500 to $2,000 for a two bedroom apartment, you know, where I'm at. Um, and back home where I used to live. Um, so when you see the rise of the cost of living, you know, going so high and the general pay isn't meeting it and you have so many people that are so overworked going from one job to the other, that takes a bigger toll, not only on the individual, but the whole family unit. You know, you have so many men that are so burnt out because you know, their wife can't go to work because daycare is like $2,000 a month, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just more economical for, you know, one parent to be at home if they're a married couple um, or if they're together, you know. So with that being said, you have an angry, frustrated man who can't feel like he gets a break and you have a burnt out, you know, other parent in the home that is constantly with the children and can't get a break. And now you have these two individuals that should have a harmonious family life at home, but they're at each other's throats all the time, you know? No, no. And I, I understand what you mean. And I understand well, because I've been there. I've been exactly what you're talking about. The one thing that I think is probably the caveat to that scenario is <clears throat> what people think that they deserve versus what they can actually afford and it's it's probably the one thing for me that is it's probably been my biggest hang up is that well like okay you know what if you if you are on the lower end of the pay spectrum maybe you're not going to have a escalate right maybe you're not going to have a 65 inch flat screen tv but there are so many things that people have decided that is a right that they should have versus what is a privilege and the right. privilege is something that they you work for and you earn. Right. And I think that maybe is the biggest thing that our society is suffering from right now is that people are confusing rights and privileges. Like, and it's why don't I have this? And it's like, well, I, it, I, for me, it's like, because you haven't, you haven't gotten there yet. You haven't done any number of, things that you just haven't gotten there yet but there's an expectation of the second i turn 18 i've graduated from high school i should now make 100 grand a year right and it's like well no that isn't the way that it works you know and people that are that are so down on like especially like low-paying jobs things like mcdonald's or whatever else and it's like you know what 
just like start somewhere, like start somewhere and do something right. You know, and you know, the reality of things like say McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever else, if, if everyone there was paid 15 bucks an hour, the reality is a hamburger would cost you 15 bucks, you know, and but Ooh. why should it, considering that the corporations behind those companies are, you know, basically have more money than they should? You know what I mean? Like you well, have. I, well, I don't I, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, you have a corporation that has shareholders and, and they're expected to pay a dividend. That's just the way companies work. And I know people don't like it, but that's the way that it works. Right. Um. But if you break it down to the point where if we're paying somebody who flips burgers and turns French fries 15 bucks an hour, you know, a, a box of French fries is going to cost five bucks. And who does that actually impact? Does it impact me? Honestly, no, it doesn't. I'll, I'll go there. If I feel like having fries, I'll go there and pay five bucks. I don't care. Who does it actually impact? It, it impacts people that are on the lower end of the scale. And right. And that's what nobody wants to talk about is that all your initiatives to do these things actually impact the people that you're trying to help. Uh So it's like, so why do you keep like, just, I mean, I don't think anybody should be poor. Like I, I, I don't think that I think that in this country that we live in, I think it sucks that there are people that are hungry and people that can't pay their rent. I, I think it absolutely sucks, but the dichotomy of trying to blame people that start companies and have all these things. Is, no, is, and I'm not. I wouldn't say blame. I wouldn't say blame. But you also have to, I guess, like see that there becomes a point, and a lot of these people that do own these companies, where it's not even so much that like, how do I word this? It becomes it, it becomes a point where it's like straight up greed. You know what I mean? Where they're getting in politicians pockets to get certain laws written or tax breaks or whatever you know um yeah not gonna argue there not gonna you you know and it crosses into that where it's 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 greed you know and that's where the little guy gets fucked because it's like that i think in the u.s definitely has to change the fact that you know corporations are allowed to pretty much buy out politicians um that there are so many bailout companies because it's like you know for the little guy you know if your shit your ship sinks it sinks Mm -hmm. so why is that not the reality for these major corporations and companies you know like if if it messed up it messed up if your business went under because that's what happens to the mom and pop shops you know what i mean your business went under it went under oh yeah no definitely i definitely agree with that um it, it, like I, I have a good example locally, a little mom and pop store here. That's like just totally getting rooted out. Um, and the lengths that they have to go to and just to try to stay afloat. Um, and it's, it's kind of sad to watch. I would say this though, like the local go back to the McDonald's piece of it. Um, almost exclusively across the globe, McDonald's are franchises, right? Right. So Somebody has to go in and has to has to build that franchise, and it has to be me, you, or or Kristen that go and decide. I'm going to open a McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on average, it costs that person out of their pocket roughly a million dollars for sure okay, to open a franchise. So you put that million dollars of your own money into a franchise, 
And it's like, why would you not do everything that you can do again to your point about, because that's kind of, I think the big, the big spot where people don't really think about it. And it's like, yes, McDonald's is a huge corporation. They make a shitload of money. They do whatever else, but it is on the backs of franchisees, right? So for sure, for sure. So why would you not want that franchisee to be successful? For sure. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing there, but like, I'm, I guess more or less speaking about like companies like Amazon, you know, Microsoft, even, um, even McAfee with his crazy self, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was, he's a wild man. Um, but you know, like there's, there comes a point where, you know, the, the top of the tops, it's nothing but greed. And, you know, like I said, like the person that gets screwed over is always the guy at the bottom, you know? And that's what's so sad because it's like, if we could shift that, if there was a way to collectively shift that where it's like, okay, what are you realistically going to do with like $3 billion? You're never going to spend that. Your children are never going to spend that unless you guys just really, really fucked up and you lose all your money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like realistically, you're not going to spend that in this lifetime. Your children are not going to spend that in their lifetime. And their children and their and so on and so on and so on. So it's like that money is just sitting, you know, and it might not be sitting like in a bank account. It might be tied up in the other ventures and assets and everything like that. But it's like all going to that one person, that one lineage. You know, when you get into the Rothschilds, when you get into like all those elites or whatever, like what's the point of you guys hoarding all that wealth? You know, yeah, no, it's it's definitely hard to think about uh, when you think about people like like Jeff Bezos, for example, who you know gets to have a bridge dismantled somewhere so he can get his super yacht out of. Mm-hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, I think though for a lot of these a lot of these corporations, um, like I work for a big corporation, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of things about it that I don't like. I just don't. Um, but I also I also try to think about the fact that this big corporation for their their pluses and minuses also is giving me a job, you know. Right. So I so I can do my what little you part. Need to do. Well, well, what I need to do, but also like my little part to try to live the American dream, right? For like sure. I like I'm sitting here and I have a I have a warm place to live and I have food and I have everything else, um, and I. I and this is just me, and, and and I don't want to get into a big dissent about it, but I think a lot of corporations do do their part to help a lot of people try to carve out their little piece. You know, I don't have any desire to be a CEO. I don't want all that nonsense and whatever else. But like I, like for what my life is, like I honestly I can't complain that much. You know, right? It, is it easy? No, there are days where I'm just like, fuck it. I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I hate going to the office. I hate doing the things that I do, but it's also, and I think this is a big thing for me. It's where I've placed myself. Mm -hmm. This is like, like there was a point where I decided my education is over. There's a point where I decided I'm not going to go any further. I'm just going to do this thing and see what happens, you know? And I think that's maybe the biggest piece for me is that people don't take any any personal accountability for mm-hmm. 
like where they've gotten like they just they they had they had this illusion that somebody is somehow holding them back and it's like you know it's like i don't have a four-year degree in anything i don't and i make over six figures right so, so what's so so where's the problem you know I, right. I, I don't you know so it's always been kind of a struggle for me to listen to people who was like well i just can't make it and it's like is it is are you not making it because you're being held back or are you not making it because you were holding you back? You know, but I think that also comes with, you know, the individual charisma and how they carry themselves because, you know, opportunities may have been presented to you, but if you don't have the social skills, if you're not able to sell yourself to a job, you know, regardless of the pay, like you're probably not going to get the job, you know? And I think that that's, another thing that, you know, does hold people back, especially if you're not, especially if you're not within the realm of what they expect out of a worker, like, um, for example, okay. I, like I said, I worked at best wedding venue, right? I had been the only employee. My title was technically event manager, property manager. And all week long, it was just me at this venue. And it was a huge venue. Okay. We had like six different spots where we hold ceremonies and receptions and everything. And I would have to do the room resets. I would have to do everything by myself. And, you know, at that point in time, I was like maybe 115 pounds and I was rolling these giant, like 80 inch huge, heavy wooden tables, resetting the room by myself until like two o'clock in the morning on weekends. And I was only making at that point in time, $11 an hour for this job. I had asked them, Hey, can you guys, you know, I'm getting kind of burned out. Can we hire some more people? And they're like, yeah, sure. I trained two more individuals on how to do the job. And I trained them and shadowed them for about three weeks until they actually went out on their own. And I found out that they were making $13 an hour where I was still making 11. And that happens a lot, you know, like you're the person with the knowledge, you're the person with the experience, you're the person that, you know, really did the work and the job that you were supposed to do. And then they bring new people in and they're getting paid more. And it's almost like a slap in the face. Cause it's like, you guys didn't train them. I trained them, you know, like I should. And I utilized my Spanish at this place a lot because there was a lot of like quinceañeras. There were a lot of Latino weddings. Um, and, you know, a point in time, you know, that should have meant something. The fact that, you know, I was use I was bilingual and I was utilizing that skill and they never even considered it, you know, and most places, if you can speak Spanish, because it is, you know, needed in a lot of jobs, you do get a little bit more pay because you're utilizing a skill that is necessary that others don't have. And so that, like I said, that was like a big slap in the face. And I feel like situations like that happen a lot where, you know, you have this exemplary employee, they do everything that you want them to do. And then you bring in new people and they're getting paid more and the old employee is getting paid less. And 
when that happens, I think it's really, really hard as the individual to feel like you ever really meant anything to these places. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I think, honestly, I think the understanding that when you come to a place, you don't mean anything, I think is paramount. You actually don't mean anything. No, Um, for sure. For sure. You're a number, right? You're a number. Um, But I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's like we we all want to be recognized for our hard work, and I think the reality is that most corporations these days do a terrible. They job don't. With that. They yeah, just do, they just do a terrible job. Um, and it doesn't really matter what you're doing anymore. Um, you just you don't get recognized. But something but, so simple like that could boost morale and really, really help people's mental health and overall happiness. You know what I mean? Something simple like that. It's kind of like that thing of like you know kindness. It costs zero dollars to be kind. And in being kind, you know, just offering somebody a smile or checking on them and being like, hey, like, how are you really doing today? You know, can make a world of a difference to a person. Well, I think you're right. But I, like I, I I, would ask, and this is just from, you know, me being the, the devil's advocate, we'll call it. Where does that end? And it's like. If you're going to be a person, the reality is if you're going to go out in society, you have to be semi-useful, right? You mm-hmm. have to be doing something. And it's like, how much do you actually have to be like propped up, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I understand. I would I would like it too. I would like it too if I was propped up more. And I, I, and I just know that where I work, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But so where has the individual like... I need to feel a good thing. How does that, how, how has that taken over um, the role of just knowing that you're doing a good job, like internally knowing that you're doing a good job? Um, mm-hmm. Like, like how did that take over? Like this whole, like having to be, having to be pet like a good dog versus just knowing that you're doing a good job. Where did that take over? You know? And, and that's maybe the piece that I don't really understand. Cause it's like, and I think we've all said it. It's like all these, all the young people that I know now, honestly, they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. They don't want to come in and earn a, earn a day's wage. They just don't want to do it. They want to just be told that they're doing a good job, even if they aren't. They want to be paid, even if they don't show up. And they just want it, like to be made to feel good. And it's like, I don't, I don't get how being mailed like this artificial feel good has been has been has replaced the i know i did a good job and i feel good about that and i think that that comes from a lot of broken homes if i'm going to be honest you know because like i said like the reality of my generation you know us growing up as adults is like a lot of us not all of us but a lot of us did have to experience that whole parental dynamic of like a really frustrated father, maybe an alcoholic, maybe an addict or an addict mother or, you know, anything like that, you know, where you had two parents that could not communicate, were not emotionally intelligent enough to sit down and really process and evaluate their own emotions and how they treated, you know, their family life and everything like that. And children grew up watching that and experiencing that, I think, way more than how it was, you know, back when 
my mother was growing up or when you were growing up, you know, um, it was more likely that, you know, even if it wasn't the greatest, even if it was still a toxic environment, like children were put first, whereas now children are not put first. And so, you now you have all these like kids that are seeking that validation that they never got at home because they were so pushed aside, you know, and that goes back to the psychology of everything, of needing that affirmation, needing the validation of like, hey, you're doing a really good job, kid, because it was something that they didn't receive when they were growing up. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And I think that there definitely is something there. I'll tell you this, though. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I grew mm-hmm. up with my, my parents divorced when I was about 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you that if I took anything away from being raised, okay, quote unquote, being raised anyway, um, that if you work hard, give your all every single day, you can achieve anything. Right. And that's what I did. And that's for me, that's where I am. I've, I, I, I have nothing to complain about about my life. I've, I've achieved everything I've wanted to and probably a, probably a few steps more. So why is it now that if you encounter any kind of a road bump, any kind of a, any kind of a hiccup, things just fall apart and there needs to be somebody else who's blamed? Maybe that's the biggest thing that I'm kind of... And I think that this goes back to like the whole thing of like, you know, the fantasy of the, the American dream is a lot bigger than it ever was before, you know? And so when you don't achieve that, the pressure oh. of feeling okay. like you're not successful, you're not shit, you know, and then not having that validation growing up to where you have that confidence, you have that self-worth, you know what I mean? Because I think that even with you, it's very clear to me, at least right now, and I'm not trying to make assumptions, that even though you went through, you know, a very dysfunctional family situation, you at least had the confidence and the self-worth. You knew who you were and you were able to succeed because of that, because that was something that you already inherently had. The majority of individuals don't have that. You know what I mean? Like you knew that okay. when push came to shove, you got you you know well i think that's i think that's it's interesting what you're saying so you don't think it's necessarily the dream itself it's the scale of the dream i think it's the scale of the dream i think it's a lot of unfortunately neglected children whether it be emotionally or physically or you know just really checked out parents because of like you know the stress like I love, like I said, I have a lot of respect for my mother, everything that she did for me and everything like that, but she was not a very like emotionally supportive person. You know, she wasn't a very, like, she wasn't very present, especially as I was growing up. So I, unfortunately, you know, and years of therapy helped me kind of like overcome this and realize my own self-worth and realize that, you know, all the things that I thought about myself previously were incorrect um but because of you know feeling especially with my family you know all of them are professionals being the black sheep feeling like my success was never going to be anywhere near theirs you know i let that get to me was it weak moments of course absolutely and i'll be the first one to admit that however 
because mm-hmm. I did have access to therapy as an adult, not when I was a child and I was taking medication because I that did nothing for me. But as an adult, I actually got some therapy and I was able to work through a lot of those like dysfunctional like times and stuff like that. It really dawned on me that my biggest issue was that I did not believe in myself and I did not think that I was capable. Interesting. Interesting. Like, I'm thinking about all this and it's like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking about like, for me, like my parents' generation, right? Where, mm-hmm. they, where it was all about working yourself to the bone and doing everything you can, taking care of your family. Like those were the only things that matter. And then as a person, it was really the only way that you could measure your success, right? As right. If, as if, well, and I say this for a reason, but it was yeah, the only, was only way you could really measure your success is if your, your offspring, your next generation had it easier than you did. Right? Exactly. So, but I often wonder, and, and you made me think of this and it's, it's just in my head now. It's like, have we gotten to a point where, as a parent, when you're when you're raising kids, have we made our kids so soft that that measure of the next generation and them having it easier has it become too easy? I think that I personally don't feel like you can make children soft, like not in the sense of you know. The world is already going to be super cool. You know what I mean? The world is already going to be really, really hard. And they're going to face, you know, really crappy situations. They're going to go through hard times. And maybe this is what I mean by, like, not making them too soft. Like, for instance, like, with my oldest, we have a lot of conversations where I'm like, how are you feeling? You know, like, where's your head at? Like, what's really bothering you right now and just having those like check-ins with her from where she was when she was younger because of the situation with her biological father has drastically improved i've seen a child that was so she was always a very happy kid but she was always very withdrawn too you know what i mean and now she's flourishing now she is you know super confident in herself she's really into like the arts and everything like that but she's very very smart she's never come home with a anything less than a b she's very active in social clubs like she's playing the cello now she does competition dance she was in student council she's doing all of these things with her own accord nothing that i've ever pushed upon her but i don't think that if i had it taken the time to really, really check in her emotions and kind of like do the groundwork of like letting her know that regardless of what she might do or, you know, my love is truly unconditional and I'm going to support her 100%. And I think that that's what I mean by like not letting not like that's not being soft on kids you know what i mean that's building a confidence level within themselves to be like okay yeah like i can emotionally regulate myself to where this isn't going to be so judgmental that i say screw all the activities that i'm doing i don't want to do them anymore you know what i mean because that builds confidence that builds like 
Fine. Hey, uh, the level of vulnerability that comes straight. I have some. Yeah, I think you're, you know, I think you're right, but at the same time, I think back to my youngest and I were talking the other day, and we were talking about like all of her time in school and all the activities that she did. And there, and there were times, like, especially oh after God. I got divorced, where I could not be there every single I just couldn't be there every time. For sure. And, like, is that is that a bad thing? Or is it just life? Is it just life? And I think, for me, I it's just me saying, I think we have trained our kids now to not be super prepared for life. To be super prepared for a little bit of disappointment and to be prepared for what is almost inevitable, where you can't have every single person that you love show up every single time. And I think that is what has collectively made this latest generation. Honestly, like when it comes to like the humanist approach of things, they're 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 pretty weak. They can't handle a lot right now. They can't handle much. The slightest bump in the road and it just puts them off. You take it off? Okay. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Well, it's kind of hard. I didn't want to interrupt. Well, interrupt us. Yeah. If, if Trevor could turn his TV down. Like Trevor. I do. Yeah, Trevor, just mute yourself, bud. There we go. Okay. You go have ahead. a wealth of knowledge. Just interrupt, girl. Yeah, do it. That's the whole <laughs> this, point of this. This is actually my field. I'm not, I'm a teacher. So you get on both ends of the spectrum as a parent and a teacher, because as as an educator, there's so many different things that are out there, but parents are neglecting to take the opportunity to seize it with their children. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's and it's not just about dinner time because now the dinner time revolves around everybody sitting around gathered with a tablet. Right. It's that mm-hmm. connection. Yes, they're missing the the home family cooked meals. They're missing making the new friends with peers. And that's how they're not making, you know, good, strong, social, emotional, interpersonal relationships in schools. And that's why your children are suffering. That's why they're not where they should Mm -hmm. be. Their educational levels are below level, like the national reading level from the time of the beginning, say, I think like 19, no, 2018, right before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And until now, if you look at what the gap is, it's it's expanded so far because kids are not doing well. And those mm-hmm. are those kids that got the foundations and they're not finding their foundations because they're too intertwined in this internet stuff. And parents need to find the time where to cut them off. And the problem is people don't know how to. Right. Well, no, because the parents... The parents are doing the same thing that the kids are doing. You That's got the reality it. Yeah. Of it. So it's Where are hard they getting to, it from? It's hard to look at it as bad, right? If I'm doing it, it can't be bad for my kid, right? Right. So, yeah. They're nope. watching us as their example. They're watching their teachers as the example because you got the teachers with their smartwatches. Guess what? Your child is in that classroom with the same stupid device on. Your kid mm-hmm. wants to know, okay, well, guess what? My mommy can call me during class now. Um, in some schools, they confiscate phones because they don't want that to happen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and that's a that's like a big deal. It's it, it's like some kind of personal infringement if someone takes your phone away. And it's mm-hmm. like you know, like in my house, in my house when it's dinner time, if anyone brings a phone out, and my kids are grown, my both my kids are adults. If they pull their phones out, I take their phones away. My oldest kid is twenty nine. I take his phone away. Oh, I know. Okay? 
No, but as you should, because that's what I mean. Like laying that like foundation of confidence and connection, you know, like you're, you're utilizing that time to really connect with your children. And that's kind of like the thing that I think a lot of kids are missing now is that they're so disconnected from their family unit that they don't have that solid confidence of a foundation that like, here's my village. You know what I mean? Everybody's always saying that it takes a village. It takes a village, but the village is gone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, even if you have that 30 minutes a day, disconnect and do something. You don't Mm -hmm. have to have the family, family meal for 30 minutes. But sit down, do a check-in with your children and see what's going on with them. That's what you really need to do. And a lot of it is gone, like you said today, this, you know, with this whole craziness going on, especially with the whole COVID and children going to school online. Yeah. Well, and Marley, my oldest, she'll like to go into her room and like, you know, I allow her to have her privacy, of course, because she's like in that preteen era where, you know, they they want their privacy. They want to be a part, you know, and just kind of like do whatever they want to do. And, you know, but after a certain time, like I'm like, all right, it's time to come out, you know, get out of your room, sit with us, you know, interact mm-hmm. with your sisters. Like, yeah. you know, the biggest thing that I'm solidifying in my daughters right now is that when I am gone. You will only have each other. You might have spouses, you might have partners, but you will only have each other because something can go wrong with your partner. But at the end of the day, your sister is always going to be there for you. You know what I mean? And that's something that I'm like really, really trying to implement in them as siblings is that, you know, I'm not going to be here forever, especially with my oldest. You know, we talk about that a lot because, you know, I'm an only child with my mom. I do have two half brothers, but I didn't grow up with them. Um, And it was a very like hard reality for me to realize that like when my mom is gone, my mom is gone. I have a stepdad, but you know, unfortunately he's a good man. And I can't say that he's not because he is a good man, but he had a huge alcoholic problem that really, really messed us up in my teen years, you know? And like, he's the only father that I've ever had, but he's not my father. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that distinction is very clearly made on his behalf when it comes to how he treats his children and how he treats me, you know? So with that being said, the realization that if my mom goes before my stepdad does, like, I'm not going to have my family anymore. Like, you know, I have my aunts and uncles, but the realist, the reality of that too, is like, they're all the way in Mexico. My mom's it. And because that realization hit me so hard, like it's something that I really, really want to instill with my daughters because my mom is so close to the, her sisters and her brothers. Like they communicate on the daily, you know, the distance never really a huge thing for them. Like they talk about life, they're in each other's lives. Like they need help with something. My mom's helping them and vice versa. So I really want to make it clear to them growing up, like that's the foundation that I'm trying to establish with them is that, you know, you three are always going to be very bonded together. You guys might get into fights, might not agree, but at the end of the day, when you're 40, 50, 60 years old, you might be going through a divorce. You might not be, you can have each other to lean on. That's your village. That was honestly, that was so well said. And the reality is going forth in life. Um, people that live so much in the minute, whether it be 
TikTok or Instagram or whatever else, they're living for the minute, right? And I don't think they can see the forest for the trees. They honestly can't. Um, and it's it's honestly so much more important that you keep your foundational relationships steady and solid um, versus this need that our society has now built into expand our our relationships to the world that i have to be friends with everybody on instagram and tiktok and facebook and whatever else and so much of that honestly doesn't matter mm-hmm. honestly doesn't matter um and it's like for sleepy trevor there like like sleepy trevor there is my buddy he's always gonna be my buddy he's gonna be my cajun cousin um you know and, and when it comes to building a family, I think it's I think it's I think it's safe and I think it's okay to build families outside of your family. Like I've For sure. I, built, I built a family here. Trevor is my family. Travis is my family. Ricky is my family now. Um but I also know that these are people that are not in my backyard. And you have to make sure that you sort of represent and you and you make sure that are you sure about that? Well, <laughs> You might be, but it, that could also <laughs> that could also be a grizzly bear. So, um, yeah, and but I mean, just <laughs> keeping keeping things foundational and fundamental, I think, is what people have lost. People don't they don't bother with it anymore. Um, and I, it's it, it's not something I like. I I I you know I'm I think I I think going forward now, like if I needed to have a conversation either either Stephanie or Kristen, I think I could have a conversation with you. And I think it could be a legitimate conversation. And I think we could talk. Um, and race, sexual orientation, side of the political fence, all that stuff is not going to matter. I could just have a conversation with you because absolutely because yep. we've done well, because we've done it. Right. And 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 the rest of it is it is honestly the shit that people fight about these days is so irrelevant. It's just ridiculous. It um, is. And I think that's the way it should be. It should be irrelevant. It, it should be about being able to have a friend and have someone that you can chat with. If you have a bad day or one of your kids is doing something stupid or whatever else, but we, we've come to a place where, that we're all so siloed and so segregated that Nobody wants to talk to anybody because everyone's afraid of making everybody mad. And, you know, the reality is I'm sa- I'm sure I could say something that will make both of you mad. I-, I could do it right now. But A, what would be the point? B, I don't have a desire to have less friends because, like, who wants to have less friends, right? Um, but at the same time, it's like the only way that we get through our problems is by talking about them. It's the only way we get through. For sure. You know? And I think we find out, and I think we've definitely found out tonight that we have a hell of a lot more in common than we don't. So it's like, I, so why not just keep talking, right? And just and and just make shit simpler. Um, I, I, I think know, that I'm, this is so easy because we all have a general understanding of respect, and I think that that's something that's lost yeah. on a lot of people is yes. that you can have conflicting ideas but you can approach it with respect for the other person's life, who they are as a person, their background and all that stuff without having to insult them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
you you don't need to do that. That's so unnecessary. That's where kindness and compassion is super, super key with interacting with people. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't understand, you know, especially, you know, like, as you mentioned with like, you know, the whole like gay thing. And that's totally understandable, but you're not disrespectful. You know what I mean? You're not rude. You're not arrogant about it. You're not, you know, it's just something that you don't understand, which is fine, you know, and I can accept that because I know that, you know, it's not for everybody to understand. There are some things that are just not for people to 100% understand. But as long as you approach a conversation with respect and you realize that that should never be lost, you know, um, no. You can have these conversations. You can have tough, you know, highly inflammatory conversations without all of that unnecessary shit. Well, I well, I often wonder even why it, like it's like the term you used, highly inflammatory. I I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think I don't think any of us tonight here has been inflammatory, have we? No, 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 no. I don't think like us. I'm just saying like in general. Oh, okay, okay. In yeah, general, they're I, highly they're yeah. they're taboo topics now. You know what I mean? Because the respect is lost when people are communicating. And see, that's the funny part because I'm I'm a conservative from Minnesota, so I'm a conservative in a blue state, and I don't think anything here has been inflammatory. Nothing. No, I don't. I I no. don't. I don't think so, so either. But if I, I were I to just, have this conversation with a lot of people that. Not a lot of people, because I'm sure that there are people that I can have this conversation, these kinds of conversations with around in my area. But the majority of them are, I think, very out of touch with the reality because I I live in a pretty wealthy area. We're not super wealthy, but like where I live, everybody's got a yacht. Everybody's got, you know, access to a country club. Every neighborhood is like some sort of golf course type deal. We happen to live in the only one that isn't. Um, And because of that, I think these people are so out of touch with like the groundwork of life that it makes it difficult to have those kind of conversations without it being inflammatory. Okay. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny that you talk about being out of touch. and, and, And I think there's a like a slippery slope there. I think there's people that are too in touch and people that are too out of touch. Mm -hmm. And it's the, it's the people in the middle that are like talking like we are the people that are the people that are too focused on their own ideologies and the people that are like just too oblivious, like, but the people in the middle, I, I, you know, the people in the middle, I think we're doing okay. You know, at least getting by, right. We'll take it for the hope. I think we're the hope. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, I can see that Trevor is sleepy. I am definitely getting sleepy. Um, uh, Kristen and yep. Stephanie, thank yes. you for <laughs> chatting with us and giving Trevor some content because he didn't say shit. I know. Tired I feel time. so bad. I was thinking about that the whole. Like, I was like, "Damn, Trevor." Well, he does perfectly fine. This whole time. <laughs> he he does that sometimes. Where he just gets he just gets quiet and likes to listen. So I don't know if he's like yep. maybe Trevor. Maybe Trevor is actually our psychologist, and he's like. Hmm, that's interesting. This is a good therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Stephanie's a wealth of knowledge. She really uh, is. Uh, well, and, well, and so are you, Chris. And so are you. I yeah, mean, it, you really are. Like, I have learned so much from you, just like with your advice and the things that you've said, especially, you know, when we've talked about Marley and like the things that she's gone through, like, you know, don't shortchange yourself, girl, because you've got a wealth of knowledge yourself. Well, the only way that we make anything worth it work worth a shit is if we all get together and just chat. 
And mm-hmm. it's, I said it before, it's like, get everybody together for a barbecue, right? Make some food, bring out some beers, people just chat. I mean, and that's, mm-hmm. I think what, I think white America, black America, Hispanic America, gay America, transgender America, red, blue, whatever else America has fucking forgotten. That sometimes you can just host a fucking barbecue and bring your neighbors together and you can just chat. And because, you know, we all got to, you know, we're all, yeah, yeah. We're all hanging under the limbs of the same tree. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it it doesn't, the rest of this shit is like, you know what, if I don't necessarily get your lifestyle or I don't get your politics, you know, the reality is it's like, it, it isn't about me having to agree with you. It's about me being able to have a conversation with you. Exactly. The only way we progress. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And I think a lot of people get wrapped up to, sorry, one last point. I think a lot of people wrapped <laughs> up, get wrapped up in these conversations and trying to change another person's perspective. Very and true. I think that that's where man, a lot of people fail, you know? Amen. Yeah. yeah they want to conform to society. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me rope you into my side because my side is correct. And there was this book that I read when I was, I don't know, in middle school, and it has stuck with me my entire life. If there's one book that I can honestly say has impacted me, it's called The Things They Carried, right? And it's about the Vietnam War. It's about soldiers in the Vietnam War. And the whole book is written through the perspective of different soldiers, And the whole basis, the takeaway of the book is that your reality is not ever going to be somebody else's reality. You know, their version of truth is never going to be your version of truth. And just because it's not your version doesn't mean that it isn't true. Yep. Yeah. In the end, make friends with your neighbors because at some point you're going to need a spoonful of sugar, you're going to need a cup of tea, or you're going to need... Mm-hmm. Somebody to you carry a dishwasher out of your house. You know, our world has gotten so fucked up and it's gotten so divided. And I will admit that I am, like I said, a conservative guy. I've got my stances on things, whatever else. But I would much rather have a nice, cohesive society then I would have my way all the time. Exactly. I'd much rather that. And it's, you know, I, people got to just stop being shitty. They just have to stop. That's, exactly. That's just be nice. Stuff. That's all. It's so easy. It's so mm-hmm. easy. Only familiar faces, worn out places, worn out faces. Riding early for the daily races, going nowhere.
see.